Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Remember that Sting experience, how good you felt? Now, The Sting, winner of seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, is back. Chicago was the place to be in 1936. In those days, the big con was a dying art, until a first-class grifter on the lam from the FBI and a young gaffer from Joliet joined forces to con the big Mick. He's not as tough as he thinks. Neither are we. Paul Newman is Henry Gondorf. There wasn't a con he couldn't run. And there wasn't a sucker he couldn't gaff. Robert Redford is Johnny Hooker, a young grifter with plenty of moxie. Three grand on the red, Jimmy. But he's a sucker for Lady Luck. Tough luck, kid. And a sap for Lady Love. Thanks for the big evening, Hooker. Next time you want to spend 50 bucks on me, mail it. Robert Shaw is the mark. In the underworld, he's the big Mick. Name's Lonergan. Dial Lonergan. It starts with the setup. You owe me 15 grand, pal. <laughs> then you bait the hook. Your boss is quite a card player, Mr. Kelly. How does he do it? He cheats. You play him on the wire. The wire's been out of date for 10 years. That's why he won't know it. Now he's ready for the sting. He's there. Let's get on it. Back to your place tonight. Five hundred thousand dollars to win. Lucky Dan. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. This time they might get away with it. What up, high fivers? This is your boy per the usual. Um, high five Tom. And I've got my very good friend uh Perch here on the other side. How are you tonight, Perch? Hey, doing well, Tom. Doing well. How are you feeling? Dude, I'm great, man. I'm glad, you know, we had a little difficulty here with the Zoom, so it's a typical, you know, fuck Zoom podcast, but uh, that's that's pretty pretty typical, so, but we're good to go, man, so, I mean, I think after that, you know, at the end of the day, that's the worst problem I have in my life is my Zoom doesn't work. I think I'm doing pretty fucking good in life, so. <laughs> that's a good day. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're going to, um, if you people that the high fivers haven't read the description, we are showcasing a move, the movie, the sting, the 1973 classic starring Robert Redford and that also beautiful man, Paul Newman. Um, yeah, if people don't know, uh, perch knows, I mean, we've talked about this. Um, I've got a huge crush on Paul Newman. I know he's passed away and I know he's a dude, but I mean, you know. Anytime that guy's on my screen, I'm good to go. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. And uh, what was he going to say? I had something witty I was trying to say. Oh, dude, this movie's going to be 50 years old next year. 50 years old. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. You got um, taken away by thinking about Paul Newman, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. I am I'm I'm a fan. So, um, and this movie is, I mean, was. 
I don't think he gets a lot of the credit that he deserves. Um, you know, we'll kind of get into that with the Oscar nomination. So he has not been nominated many times for an Oscar and he's put on some great performances. So yeah, been, just through been, the decades, it, the guy's yeah. got so many movies throughout, you know, each decade that he was doing it and yeah, only a handful of nominations and then eventually won it, but yeah, yeah didn't get the, the Oscar recognition. Yeah. Did he get, did he win one for road to perdition? No, you know, I think he was that maybe yeah. a, a best supporting or a okay. Yeah, I'll have to. And I was going to research that, but I, I just ran out of time. So maybe we'll do that real quick on one of our breaks. But but I uh, do know that he got the uh, the one for the Tom Cruise movie back in the eighties. Oh, that, oh, the color, of uh, color of money. That's the color right. of money. Yeah, he won the award for that movie. And that's yeah. the only one that I know uh, that he did win. Yeah, but that was kind of like a. You know, towards the later years, that will give Paul Newman. He's earned the award by that point. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> and that's crazy because that's really a sequel to The Hustler, so. Yeah, which was amazing where he yeah. was the pool player. Yeah, and a little background on, on why we chose this movie. Uh, so Perks and I were on a road trip about a year and a half ago out to lacrosse for some wrestling. And uh, Perks just, you know, was talking about movies and just asked for a recommendation, like any Paul Newman movie, so. Um, besides the sting, what other Paul Newman movies have you dug into since we, we first talked about this? Oh man, you couldn't have said it better. Uh, except uh, you were driving and we were in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, well, that point, so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think it was everyone, everyone passed out in the back seat, uh, all three, four wrestlers. And uh, yeah, you drove us to, to Minnesota and, yeah. you know, sitting shotgun. Um, you know, anything to, to keep ourselves awake. And yeah. uh, oh, I, I love good acting, good movies. And, and you know, I, I watch stuff, especially, you know, uh, 90s and earlier. Yeah. So, it, you know, asked you who your favorite actor was. And you had mentioned, oh, dude, watch anything with Paul Newman. Any, any Paul Newman movies are good to go. Yeah. And I think I got back to you a week later saying, like, dude, <laughs> that yeah. was a great recommendation. Um, I think HUD was the first one I saw. Nice. That's a heavy one too. Um, which was good. He played yeah. such a heel in that movie. Yeah. Such a an absolute like Asshole. despisable character. Like, yeah. damn, this guy. <laughs> the subtleties. Yeah, and just in just the fact that it was in black and white just made it so so much more like I don't want to say realer, but yeah, he was such a prick in that movie. Yeah, and, and that one really hit well because I was watching a lot of black and white movies with uh, like Cary Grant and stuff. Nice. Um, and uh, Jimmy Stewart and some John Wayne. So the oh. kind of Western-ish at Paul Newman, black and white was a perfect intro and realizing that, you know, him in his early days is, is such a heel. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed him and able to, to captivate the emotion. Yeah. <laughs> Got and, me to hate him and yeah. then love him. <laughs> and my better half here, she's a huge um, Spencer Tracy and uh, James Kate, not James, um, Cary Grant fan, so. Oh yeah, and Cary so. Grant, just a, a great actor, uh, as far as it goes. The, the, you know, physical comedy that he does, yeah. the expressions that he has. You know, and, um, arsenic and old lace. You know, things were a lot less, you know, effects driven, obviously, because you know, computer generated CGI wasn't around back then. So yeah, they they had to. So yeah, North by Northwest, man, that's a great movie. Have you seen that one? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a good one. Great director too. Yeah, yeah so it's a faith, and we're we're Hitchcock fans. Actually, ironically enough, 
Um, we're going to do, um, Faith and I are eventually going to do a review of Psycho because that was actually our first date. I uh, was watching Psycho. So speaking of Alfred Hitchcock, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just some, some great movies, some great acting. I've always been captivated by great acting. And, yeah. uh, and whether it's an actor or an actress. Um, yeah, Paul Newman, holy smokes. He takes the cake for as far as actors go. Um, cool Hand Luke was another one watching. Um, just phenomenal. He he commands the attention. And yeah. the, everything he does is just you know, you're locked in on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and reading, um, I've, I've got a book of his, that I took some notes from, um, but I mean, the fact he didn't even get nominated for that movie, he was so good in cool hand low. I and mean, that's just so epic, you know? So I uh, hopefully I get a review of that sometime soon. And um, do you watch any James Cagney movies? Um, you know, I saw him in, uh, I can't think it, it, yeah. one or two of them. Uh, from, okay. Yeah, white, heat, the, white heat's great. So the TCM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a Cagney fan too. So I like to dig into more into his too, but, um, but back to, I mean, yeah, I'm towering for Inferno uh, with Steve McQueen was great. HUD, uh, the hustler color of money. Um, I mean, he dominated even road to perdition. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that one movie? I mean, oh, um, I always want to call it Canada Hot Tune Roof, but from the from the terrace with his wife Joanne Woodward. So, yeah, yep, good emotions. Uh, and then, as random as it is, I see, uh, you know, my my niece and nephew uh, have got you know, toys and stuff. Yep. and sometimes they'll have like the cars figures, and I'll <laughs> see Doc Hudson and be like, "Oh, that's Paul Newman." Yep. <laughs> It's, so, it's a random one, but oh, he was great <laughs> in cars. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, like I said, for this movie, I mean, dude is 50 years old. 50, looking like that, you know. Oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention he was also, in, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you know. Oh, that movie was phenomenal. It's, yeah. As cool as an, uh, a character gets was Butch Cassidy. Um. And really, you the know, leader it's, of the funny. Gang. it's funny to think that, um, you know, people think Newman and Redford together, you know, that's the only two movies they were in together. You yeah, only, know, only those two. Yeah. And pretty close in time too. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think, within, yeah, yeah, I think, um, which cast came, I think like 69, something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's crazy to think that's just like, cause they're so sim- synonymous with each other, but it's just those two movies. Yeah. Uh, they so. met at the right time where yeah. Rod- Redford was coming into his own and Newman was already established and, you know, solidified his role. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, you know, younger than us don't appreciate Robert Redford either too. I mean, that dude was, was money. So great Gatsby. You know, mm-hmm. he was phenomenal. Obviously, the natural. He's a little bit older than that, but, um, but yeah. But kind of digging into. Um, but yeah, any other movies you want to shout out? Paul Newman movies you want to shout out before we kind of dig into this a little bit? Um, After yeah, that's about. Uh, that's some of the big yeah. ones. Uh, save it for another podcast. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still have to see Tower and, and, and that. Bruno. That's uh, a good one. Faith and uh, Faith rented that for me for my birthday a couple years ago because she'd never seen it. And, it did uh, not age well. It no, it didn't age well. But I mean, you know, and the effects were 
just with 9-11. Right. With 9-11, it didn't age well. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, yeah, 27. Yeah, but it's a good movie. And Steve McQueen's awesome. And, and Fred Astaire's in it, um, which is crazy to think. So, um, <laughs> uh, and then Slapshot, of course. Oh, player. dude, yeah. Just ultimate. <laughs> dude, I think I've only seen that once. I need to revisit that. Maybe we should probably we should probably do Slapshot, too. With the Hanson brothers. Yeah, that one we might need a couple beers for, because, I mean, it's just that's just one of those kind of movies. So, oh, um, Absence of Malice was one we watched back in school back in the day. Nice, yeah. And that was probably, like, maybe one of the first Newman movies I saw, but I had no idea who he was. It was just a, a movie in school and I was yeah. thrilled. And then uh, I went back and watched it, um, you know, within the past year or so and still holds up. Good movie. Yeah. Oh, Newman, another good one is, uh, um, yeah, that's kind of slept on is the verdict. Yeah. It's another, another mm-hmm. probably early eighties movie. So, Oh yeah, listen. We could we could probably go all day talking about Paul Newman. Can't go wrong movie, with so. a, a VHS of Paul Newman, no, <laughs> or a DVD or a <laughs> whatever Not it is. Not at now. all. Um, and just kind of digging into this thing here. So yeah, it came out in 1973. Uh, yeah, it's hard to imagine. It's 50 years ago. Um, and I'm not sure. Listen, I asked both of my parents, and neither my dad hadn't seen it, and my mom was kind of no sold a little bit. So I kind of wonder why I like this because I'd seen it when I was a little kid, and I watched it um, one winter out in Idaho when I had nothing else to do. Um, but this is the first time I watched it, probably about 10 years. So, um, but dude, this is yeah, this is nominated for 10 oscars or grammy yeah, 10 oscars no kidding yeah. just a a mega movie when they made it and yeah. they hit it out of the park <laughs> and it won seven of them seven out of ten yeah so it won for it was nominated for best picture which it won best director best actor best original screenplay best art direction best cinematography which oh, dude yeah best costume design best film editing best scoring original score and adaptation best sound and uh, yeah, the only, and uh, that was the only Oscar that uh, Robert Redford won for. So, oh, um, oh, wait, no, so Redford didn't win. So, the only ones that didn't win were cinematography, sound, and best actor. Those are the only three. Wow, yeah. and, and well earned on every right. And I'm sure yeah. they probably lost to someone who didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, they um, I've got it here later in my notes. Um, but the uh, no kidding why why they end up being you know awarded best movie. I went back and watched uh, like No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, when that one came out and won the award, I went back and, and watched it and realized, holy smokes, this movie is phenomenal. So yeah. ever since then, I've kind of watched best you know award winning movies. I like a good uh, you know Academy Award winning best picture, yeah. and this one holds up right there with. There will be blood, uh, no country for old men, and the sting. And yeah. I'm sure there's other ones, but like those are three of my all time favorites. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and I want to sue you know people, uh, people's choice awards and um, and Golden Globes, and then uh, this is actually a pretty infamous Oscars. Um, I guess they had a streaker mid show. And one of the actors just kind of no sold it. So I guess this is one of the more infamous till uh, till recent times, obviously with uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. But uh, my girl, Liza Minnelli, 
uh, put on a hell of a performance because um, Cabaret came out that year. Another great movie if you've never seen it. Um, and also, this is known for Groucho Marx's last public appearance before he passed away. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, heavy. It was a heavy, oh, um, so yeah, so the thing one, but that year, um, yeah, it was it beat American Graffiti, Cries and Whispers, and Touch of Class, which I don't know. Um, but the other movie that was nominated was The fucking Exorcist. Ooh. No, it's a great movie. Uh, it's heavy. It, it's hard to watch, especially the unedited. But I was just shocked at that. That especially in 1973. I mean, the yeah. Exorcist is not your typical, you know, Oscar movies. Really, one. movies really changed right around those the you know 1969, 1970. Yeah, holy smokes. Yeah, there was definitely a big shift. And actually, ironically enough. Um, so this one in 73, it was actually sandwiched between The Godfather and Godfather 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, so The Godfather won 72 and The Godfather 2 won in 74. So it's like... This was the time to get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it looks like Redford lost to Jack Lemon for Save the Tiger. Um, but Brando was nominated for Last Tango in Paris. Uh, Jack Nicholson for Last Detail. And Pacino for Serpico. I mean, you want to talk about four fucking heavy hitters there. Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And then uh, last quick little bit of note, I guess this is the um, still holds the record for the largest difference. Uh, so Tatum O'Neill, who I still think holds the record for the youngest uh, to ever win an Oscar. She won Best Supporting Actress at 10 years old. Uh, but the guy that won Best Supporting Actress was John Helsman with 71. So there's a 61 year age difference in there. So. Damn. Yeah, so I'm I'm full of useless knowledge, Perch. So, <laughs> uh, Paul Newman was a Grateful Dead fan. He had a sticker on his race car when he drove it. Really? Yes. There's oh. a random tidbit that I had heard from yeah. from the Big Steve show. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he was very socially conscious too. Um, and I had a feeling maybe you know um, not to throw my parents under the bus, especially my dad, but. Um, you know, he definitely kind of leaned left, but I just actually finished. Um, it's a great book for a good chance, but Harry Belafonte, um, he wrote an autobiography that's fantastic. Um, but he was obviously, he was pretty much Martin Luther King's right-hand man. But he said in the book that Paul Newman was always willing to help, you know, doing fundraisers and appearances and shit like that. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but uh, like I said, this, uh, this movie stars Paul Newman. Uh, the reason we're here. Uh, but we've got Robert Redford. I mean, dude's so good. Um, and then Robert Shaw is the bad guy. Um, I know Robert Shaw has done, so I guess he's pretty well known. Um, I didn't get a chance to do as much digging into him as I would have wanted. Um, Shaw was one who uh, I had seen in a couple movies growing up and okay. very notorious. Um, originally, remember him in Jaws yeah. as, uh, as the captain telling that yeah. story of the Indianapolis. Uh, oh, that is such a, such a captivating movie moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That now it's all coming around. Okay. Yup. So yeah. that's a, a real kind of grizzled uh, Shaw. You can picture him with the old sailor hat and the, yeah. <laughs> telling that story about uh. almost went into that into those waters only some yeah. of us came out <laughs> you know you know jaws that's another movie that people 
Um, like I said, we did a review of Die Hard. People always think Die Hard is just an action movie, which is a total crock of shit. It is so much deeper than that. But same thing with Jaws. I mean, people just think it's an animal killing people movie. Um, but dude, it's deep. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's Jaws, deep. Jaws ain't and no job. Jaws really uh, kind of anchors that that yeah. you know, real realism to how scary the shark is <laughs> so Man. he paints the picture that haunted my nightmares for yeah. many years <laughs> yeah and um, that and that movie like like this one obviously um the music was just mm-hmm. i mean obviously you know john williams you know you know along with uh marvin hamlish here with with the sting obviously totally totally different scores but really enhanced the feeling of the movie and we'll kind of get into that a little bit, you know, a little bit later too. But um, yeah, you can picture it, you know, vividly just from the, the songs alone. Yeah, um, I mean, what movie is more synonymous with the song than? I mean, you think of the Entertainer, you think of the Sting. You know, they go hand in hand. You know, even that movie predates, or that song actually predates the movie by like seventy years in real life. But mm-hmm. know. yeah, it does. Um, and then uh, the other one from Shaw was. Um, good old James Bond back in the day, really uh, from Russia with Love. Okay, uh, the one where it takes place coincidentally, Robert Shaw on a train, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he's really good. Uh, probably the in early Bond uh, within the first maybe uh, three of them. Nice, uh, okay, around Goldfinger era. Um, oh, and he was a great great bad guy uh, the main villain and uh and really enjoyed him in that he didn't say much but he didn't need to <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah he's a very imposing figure like in real life so mm-hmm. um, you know i mean i obviously he's probably like the sweetest guy ever too um but a stupid question but connery was the first bond there wasn't a bond before him right yeah the first uh Okay. First one. Yeah. Um, there may have been some adaptation that was random beforehand, but yeah, Sean Connery was the first and Dr. No was the yeah. first movie. Really? Then maybe gold, then maybe Goldfinger second. And then from Russia with love three, that would be my guess. Talk about a franchise. It just, keep, I mean, it keeps reinventing itself, obviously. So, I mean, they've had what five, six actors. So what 30 movies. Yeah. So, so good. I love the Bond movies too. Like Paul Newman, it's like the guy's so good. You can't beat him. Yeah. <laughs> you can knock him down, but you know somehow he's going to get the better. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just like a cool hand Luke. So, oh man, that movie is so, I, I love that movie. So, um, and bit real, real quick. So, um, we'll kind of go over more of the cast as we go through the movie and everything. Um, but Luther Coleman was played by Robert Earl Jones. I bet you can probably figure out who Robert Earl Jones' son is by the name. Oh, yeah, Darth Vader's voice, right? Yep. Nice pull. Nice. <laughs> nice pull, Perch. I like that. So, yeah, Mr. James <laughs> Earl Jones is it's his dad. So, And then uh, George Roy Hill, I guess he's super famous, done a bunch of movies. But he's the first movie to direct two movies that did over $100 million. And guess which two two movies those were? I would say uh, probably both the Redford and Newman movies yep. would be my guess. Yeah, were the <laughs> were the first two movies to go over a hundred million dollars in box office. So Butch Cassidy and uh, yeah. and the Sting. Yeah. Oh, and I think he did uh, 
Slapshot as well is yeah. the one that okay. comes to mind. I think I saw his name on the credits. It's like, oh man, this is the dude. <laughs> yeah, he's been all. I thought one of those he, famous directors. You know, I thought he did the Warriors, but I don't think he. I don't think he did. But yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. So something uh, about those great directors. They they really are good at what they do. Yeah, it, it's amazing. So, um, and we'll well actually we'll just bring it up now. So we 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 brought it up earlier. Uh, before we get into the movie, the score. Um, by Marvin Hamlish, um, just a lot of uh, the adaptations of Scott Joplin, um, you know, and dude, the, the music really enhanced this movie so much. It's crazy. Yeah, it's good. Um, uh, good ragtime, and it yeah. uh, and it brings you in right away too. I, I love the opening scene or credits or anything yeah. to a movie, and uh, and they bring the the piano in nice and soft as the they're given like the logo, yeah. and then they show you all the the cast the players like it was yep. such a great intro and yeah and, you can't do a song and everything. yeah yep. <laughs> you know and people give it flack it's just like um you know because red time was actually like 30 so basically be like nowadays put like early 90s hip-hop in a movie set in 2022 but um God, i have my notes in here somewhere but let's say the direction so yeah it may not be accurate time wise but it fits the movie I mean, totally. Does. Oh, it fits to a T because, yeah. you know, that opening scene, then it cuts out to, you know, the Great Depression era. Uh, it probably oh. had nothing but pianos back then. Yeah. <laughs> His music was probably, you know, harking back and it, it fits. And throughout the movie, it almost uh, plays like a musical um, without, you know, singing or anything to it. But especially during the big, the big running scene. <laughs> <laughs> during yep. the whole song playing. Um, oh, I love it. The music hits well during yeah. this movie. You know, and, and um, you know, Hamlish is, I mean, he's a, he's a composer, so he's all fancy and everything. He doesn't like to, he likes to make his own music. But what sold him on doing this movie is that um, George Roy, so they, they did, um, you know, they did a rough cut and obviously they put the music in after <laughs> that. Uh, but he left like certain scenes, like with no dialogue for that very purpose. Like, you know, like you said, the running scene or like the opening scene, he did that on purpose because, and then he's like, oh, he's like, I want you to fill the music in here. And it, yeah, it just, it was magic. Oh, it is. It fits so well. It takes nothing away from the movie and it adds so much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, yeah, it was just like, I mean, very few songs, like, I mean, the entertainer, you hear that and you, you know, you know, even if you haven't seen this movie, you think of the movie. So, um. (laughs) But yeah, like you know, like Perch said, you know, they um that starts off with the internet and they get the old school storyboards and uh they introduce the cast and kind of doing their own little thing. Um and it had it was it was weird, like it had a very 30s feel to it, the way it was done, but like with a touch of like seven that 70s welcome back cotter, you know, kind of stuff like that. So it was it was a really nice combination of the two. So mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, uh, if the costumes being, you know, uh, in there for the awards or nominated, no kidding, everything looked wonderful. Uh, they they had the modernized uh, old school feel to it. Yeah. And even the the scenes and the setting, like, holy smokes, it, it made you feel like you were really in Joliet. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's you really got to appreciate, um, you know, directors like Quentin Tarantino is very good at this, like. He will um, he will direct a movie like the style of the time period, not necessarily of the movie. Uh, you know the time the movie's coming out, and uh, Roy Hill did the same thing here. 
You know, it's a film set in the 30s, so he filmed it like a 30s movie. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, we just start off. Um, we cut to, a, a, like, you know, the, it's the Depression. Uh, it's the, the mid-30s. Cut to a bread line in good old Joliet, Illinois. Um, Perch, I imagine you've probably been through Joliet, Illinois once or twice, I'd imagine. Yeah, uh, freelance wrestling, freelance, yeah. Uh, freelance underground. Uh, some wrestling shows down Joliet, Illinois. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, but we cut to a to a, I'm just gonna keep calling him the snazzy dressed man. Um, but he walk, you know, we've got a guy. He definitely doesn't look like he should be in a breadline. Uh, he's walking by everybody, and then he walks up into the fancy booking room. Um, you know, and basically, you can definitely tell this guy is probably a little bit more on the shady side. And um, when we go to a guy that's getting his ass reamed out. Um, because his uh, his bookie area didn't take in enough money, so we definitely kind of get our first hint that you know this might be a little bit part on the on the sit in say or seedier or seedier side. Um, but real quick, actually, I did a calculation, so like an inflation calculator. So basically, um, 1936 um, to 2020 movie, it's basically about 20 times. Um, so he, um, so snazzy dress man, he walks out with $11,000, uh, which would be cool. It's a $220,000 in, in 2022 money. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I did that a few times as they're kind of, t- I, I like doing stuff like that. So I just kind of give you a sense of how much really it, you know, it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Robert Redford <laughs> pays 85 cents for his meal, but I'm like, okay, that'd be like $17. So, <laughs> I'll yeah. spend 50 bucks on you. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah right. Spend, spend 500 on you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he's spending like a grand on, on his friend. So, um, That's funny. yeah. So, yeah, they, they get the, they get the count and then a uh, snazzy dressed man walks out and there's a man screaming all hell breaking loose. Um, yeah. And he comes running. He's like, he's taking my wallet, he's taking my wallet. The man, Robert Redford just happens to be there to save the day just ironically enough so um and he threw something i don't know what he threw at him like a box or something yeah he, he slid like a a briefcase i think <laughs> yeah or something a box well, like, or yeah like his suitcase it, like he just happened to have and um, took out the burglar's feet totally took him out as he yeah. slid the wallet <laughs> yeah and then the we had the wallet magically slid out and then uh the guy pulls a knife um he does say some unsavory things. I mean, I know it's part of the movie, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, but then we get introduced to Robert Redford as Johnny Hooker. Um, and, um, you know, I said it's in uh, the guy says, or um, in, uh, yeah, in really the sharp dressed man, he wants to help a poor soul because uh, the guy who's Walcott Stalin was paying back the bookie. You know, the bookie, you know, he owed the bookie $5,000. And if he doesn't pay, they're going to come for him. You know, he wasn't dodging them. So, um, yeah. And he, he really created that sense of urgency, too. As uh, Luther was on the ground and he's like writhing in pain, like he's been yeah. stabbed. And, and he's really saying, you know, the story quick and creating that sense of urgency, saying how, you know, he needs to make this drop off of money and, and yeah. you know, make it quick and, and <laughs> a captivating o'clock, story. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and it's funny, yeah, because as you mentioned, yeah, because Luther's freaking out and Hooker's just playing it calm, you know, is kind of laying back the whole kit and caboodle, um, you know, and Luther offers them a hundred bucks a piece if they'll take the money, you know, yeah. and pay it off for him. So, 
because Johnny and the uh, and the sharp dressed guy are kind of in the same boat, really, is just kind of good Samaritans. Just yeah. happened to be stumbled upon uh, this guy who's down on his luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then the uh, the sharp dressed man he convinces he'll take it. Um, and he stuffs the wallet in his pocket. And Hooker's like, no, 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 man. If that guy with the knife if he comes, that's the first place they're gonna look. So he stuffs down his pants, does the whole kit and caboodle. Um, you know, he gets frisked and then, um, he runs off to the cab and then, uh, the cab driver's like, which way is so-and-so He's like, North is like, take me South. And he goes, yeah, Oh off. yeah. Clearly the, uh, the mobster realizes he's going to make off with all that money. And, yep, uh, and he's take like, I, just made, I just made the world's easiest $5,000. <laughs> opens up the wallet and it's gone. So he lost everything so um th- and I was then kinda... uh okay. that cut scene right away <laughs> yeah to the guys running down the alleyway just laughing their asses off yeah i'm running down the old train track so um like do you uh listen i didn't realize they didn't have five thousand dollars in that wallet right so it was a bunch of fake money i'm assuming or something like that i'm assuming uh, yeah, you know, uh, the thought would be uh, maybe even that counterfeit scratch that he ended okay. up having, just some some money for uh, for money's sake. Yeah, because I have no idea how he switched it when he frisked him, you know. So, I mean, he did a great job. So, it was just like, you know, because we don't know, you know. So, and so they, they, oh, it was done either. so okay. well, so yeah. well. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. They, they show it to you, but just enough where you have no idea what's what's quite going on. Yeah. They suspend disbelief. Hey, you there! Stop! Hey, you! Stop that man! Stop him! Stop him! He's got my wallet! Stop him! Stop that man! He's got all my money! Stop him! Stop him! I'll get you someday for this! Sucker egg! Don't let him get away! He's got my wallet! Where is he? He's got all my money! My wallet! We got, got my wallet. wallet! We got it. Give what happened? Give it to me, please. Get you with a knife? Hey, you sit tight, old man. You need a doctor. I'll call a cop. No, 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 no cops. You want it by the law or something? No, it's okay. Are you nuts carrying a water around like that in a neighborhood like this? No wonder you got hit. Thanks. I'm obliged to you. But I gotta get going. You ain't going nowhere. Oh, Let me see. I gotta. Gotta run some slots down in West Bend for a mob here. I got a little behind in the payoffs, so they figure I've been holding out on them. They gave them till four to come up with the cash. They don't get it. I'm dead. That don't look good, Gramps. It's almost four now. I'll give you and your friend a hundred bucks to deliver it for me. I don't know. That mug that hit you is mad enough at me already. Well, what if he's around a corner waiting with some friends? He won't know you're carrying it. Come on, you've got to help me out. Hey, I'm sorry, pal. I'm gonna... Maybe help you get fixed up, get to a doctor, but I ain't about to walk into no knife for you. How about you? All you got to do is to put it in the door slot. I'll give you the whole hundred. Hey, what makes you think you can trust him? He didn't do shit. Hey, butt out, chicken liver. I gave him back the wallet, didn't I? How far is this place? 1811 Mason. Put it in box 3C. You won't have no trouble. There's $5,000 there. And here's 100 bucks for you. Okay, old man, I'll make your drop for you. And don't worry. You can trust me. Hey, hey, if those goons decide to search you, you ain't gonna get far carrying it there. What'll we do? You got a bag or something? How about a handkerchief? Here's a handkerchief. Here, give it to me. 
Give me the money. Just hurry, will you? You got any more? You better give it all to me if you want to keep it. They think I've been holding out on them. My wife got sick and I had to pay the bill. I wasn't holding out on them. Stuff it I down always your been pants, good yeah. for the money before, like but that. this got time it? they gave uh-huh. me that yeah. Hurry, will you? Ain't a tough guy in the world that's gonna frisky there. Thanks. Yeah. Continue our fantastic coverage here of uh, of the Sting, but uh, like we were talking about earlier, um, you know Hooker and Luther they're running through the alley, running down the, the uh, railroad tracks, and we figure out these two are working together, um, you know, and they finally stop and they figure out they got a hell of a score. Yeah, just the way they're they're running so jovial uh, down those train tracks, it's a uh, it was such a thrill to them that yeah. they had they had conned this oh dude know, yeah and when luther's laugh man oh that was so genuine that <laughs> was just like it was one of those odd moments for sure you know it was so genuine i mean they end up you know seeing what they made up with you know made off with but it was more so about the friendship amongst those two uh, yeah. you know to johnny at least it was about the friendship among him and luther a kind of a, a mentor apprenticeship yeah um, which you know um, spoiler alert, which is a, obviously a humongous theme of the movie um, in general, you know, so we'll, we'll definitely kind of get to that. But I, I had to chuckle that, you know, they're like, he's like 11 years, like we're millionaires. I'm like, we're not really millionaires. <laughs> but the hooker's like, it's like, damn, I would have settled for one of those fancy shoes. What is this taking his shoes? <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, so I mean, yeah, they, they came away with $220,000 in, in US dollars. So, um, but then we cut to, to hooker. Um, this is a very common theme, but he's celebrating his big score. He's got new clothes. He's buying some roses. He's going to take his best girl out and spend $50 on her. Um, you know, it's it, like next time you want to spend 50 bucks on me, send it in the mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. So hooker goes to the, um, it's not a bordello, but I mean, it's, it's more of adult entertainment. It's not a strip joint, but I mean, you know, it's the thirties and it's obviously, you know, this movie's PG. Um, but yeah, he goes to pick up his best girl 
And she's like, well, I need the five bucks. He's like, I'll, I'll spend 50 on you. So um, <laughs> where, where did he take her perch? Then they go out to the, uh, to the old casino and sp- <laughs> he spends, th- <laughs> he puts three grand down on a single roll of roulette. And, uh, <sighs> and the guy, the roulette real guy, you know, gives a look to the, the pit boss and he yeah. you know, clears it and gives him the, the look to, to flip the switch and, Screws him out of that three grand and, and Hooker loses. <laughs> and yeah. Completely he deflated. Lost everything in a span of like 12 hours. So, um, you know, and the pit boss tried talking him out of it. He's like, oh, we can't take your bet, you know, la da 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 da. Um, you know, and yeah, and it was uh, it was pretty sad because I mean, it wasn't a fair game either. You know, the, the, the dealer had to hit the switch because the, the big mean. Uh, pit boss guy but uh um doing a little bit of research so so it landed on black 22 which i guess is kind of like a big deal there's a couple other movies that have used black 22 before oh, uh, i've never uh yeah. never never seen yeah so i i i can't remember what but that was just something i kind of came across in my research so um yeah and then uh yeah his date like you said bails on him um throws the <laughs> champagne in the game <laughs> <laughs> completely blows it um yeah so i mean it cost her a hundred bucks i mean you know um but yeah then we go on we find out the sharp dressed man he does have a name uh what it was i don't know but i'm gonna keep calling the sharp dressed man uh but he's found drunk in a bar uh because obviously he didn't get on the train because he didn't have the eleven thousand dollars um you know and then uh they um so basically that you know the guy um the local um collector guys uh he's like oh i gotta call the big mick now just for all of my irish friends that was a con- you know quote from the movie not from me so don't you know no one get mad at me so i don't need any jameson bottles thrown at me but uh but yeah i love that uh, yeah i love got- that scene when chicago calls into new york yep. and he didn't want to make the call but he knows he has to you find out it's a it's a racket that they're in on and uh and yeah he makes the call to new york the guy gets the call he goes upstairs delivers the news to the right hand man old flat nose yeah and and uh and his reaction is great as he looks over at lonergan and it looks at uh it looks at you know the guy who gave him the news he realizes he's got to deliver that news <laughs> he's yep. like damn <laughs> yeah that's such a cool scene um, gosh! Now that you mentioned he's from Jaws, I'm never gonna be able to see Lon again the same again. It's so funny. Um, yeah, and uh, let's yeah, like you said, yeah, the minion tells Lon again they lost 11k. Um, and you know he's like, "What do you think he ran off?" He's like, "No, nah, they got came with two grifters." Uh, so Lon got you know Lon again wants to take care of discreetly, but he wants it made known because obviously he does little stories like you know his friend over there. If uh, if he's taken by a couple of grifters, who else is gonna come after him? So. We definitely find out that Lonigan's obviously a criminal um, master find, but very defensive, obviously. So, God, I wish I would have. Yeah, gotten- and and he doesn't care about anyone, you know. He, no. he, like you said, he's got his pal that he golfs with, and you know, he, he says, hey, you know, if I let him know that it got you know beat by a couple of grifters, he's gonna take me over, and just the way you uh, said, had to have a couple of local people, you know, deal with it. Yep. We don't want to send the, you know, nothing fancy. 
yeah not yet <laughs> we have to so, discourage yeah. this kind of thing like oh he's just you know hiring a a hit to be done on on the grifters like so you yeah. realize he's got some power yeah like not like nothing else and you really kind of get the impression like lonigan would have been successful in anything he'd done he's a very driven man and he's very smart you know um you know, but if you'd not gone, I mean, he would have been successful in anything he wanted to, but, you know, he chose this. So, um, you know, we get a little bit more into that later in the movie, but uh, then we cut to Hooker. Uh, Hooker is heading back to uh, Luther's house um, and Hooker, now Luther's wife is stoked to see Hooker, uh, which is kind of cool. I like this scene. You know, yeah, the really family, family uh, is yeah, really cool. That they are a sense of, you know, they they are on the other, you know, the wrong side of the law per se, but I mean, they are a family, you know, and grifters aren't malicious. They're just, you know, liberating money from people's pockets that probably would have lost it anyways. So, yeah, especially in the, in the depression era, yeah. it seems like that's, you have to make your money somehow. Yeah. I mean, and he, you know, obviously he wasn't Robin Hood. He may have robbed the rich, but he didn't really give it to the poor. I mean, they were the poor. So, um, yeah, and then you can definitely see you find out here it's a, food, a family affair because Luther's wife, uh, she was in the game before too, you know. So this is her thing. So, um, you know, and then uh, here we find out that Luther thinks is uh, Hooker is the best that um, has ever done it, but obviously he just can't get out of his own way. And then he tells him he's like, "Well, why were you late?" He's like, "Well, I stopped at the parlor." He's like, "How much you lose?" He's like, "All of it." All of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then this is the first time we hear uh, hear Henry Gondorf's name. Uh, he's the best inside man alive, and uh, you know Luther tells Hooker that he should probably go see him um, because uh, Luther's getting out of the game. Perch, Luther's getting out the game. He's got yeah. enough money where he can, you know, make a life for himself, moving out to a semi-legit business with his brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Kansas City, a freight business. So I was like, yeah, and uh, so he's getting out the game. So he gives the card the business card of yep. uh the best man in chicago um and i love the way he does it and um uh, you know he really introduces uh, johnny to the big con yep. and and you know says can you work with him and i love the way luther you know says well i hung around and picked up a few things but <laughs> but i was never yeah. involved in the big con yeah like, never went after i like to think con. of luther I like to think of Luther as one of the guys, like on the sheet later on. Yeah, it's <laughs> just a, a guy uh, who comes around and and kind of does his part once in a while, and <laughs> all the guys know him and love him. Yeah, um, much like the family, uh, you know, embraces Johnny. Um, yeah, you know, the family grifters. They 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 all know each other. They're a, a tight community. Yeah, they have their own bars, <laughs> their own crew. Yeah. Um, kind of an under underlying. A community of people that us the viewer uh, gets to be right in on yeah and um you know it was um there's there's a whole backstory on how this movie got made and everything but yeah but uh somebody was researching pickpockets and just really found this whole like it's a culture i mean they've got their own language like you said they've got their own bars you know they you know all this on on the wrong side the wrong side of the law you know so that's a very technical term so um yeah then we cut to we get to hooker and then the third man with the knife are walking down so the third man was in on it too so you know luther really wasn't being robbed by some guy i never knew 
Um, I forgot his name, but he plays a huge role throughout the movie, which is cool. So, um, yeah, it was it a uh, eerie. Uh, he got yeah. told off by the cop. Yep. He's like, <laughs> I'll bill you for it, Eerie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, Hooker, why don't you save me? He's like, you know, you're, you know, you're really a loose cannon. And, um, he's just like, I just like Grifton, you know? So, I mean, for him, yeah, it's about the money, but for, for Hooker, it's about the lifestyle. Which which is kind of you easy. could tell them, you could tell them the laugh and how how much fun they were having that whole time. Yep, it's the lifestyle that he loves, and Luther is smart. He he made enough money where he thinks he can get out the game, and uh, and Johnny is well just looking for the grift and <laughs> yeah. just kind of floating by. Yeah, just whatever whatever comes will come. So and then uh, and he's good. He's the best. Yeah, he's the best. I mean he's the best Luther's ever seen. Luther seems like he knows what he's talking about. So. Um, yeah, at this point, all of a sudden a car pulls up real quick and, uh, we find out, um, you know, law enforcement shaking hooker down, you know, so we're introduced, introduced to Lieutenant Schneider. Um, yeah. And he really shakes him down yeah, right away. Just yeah, meets up with him, beats him down a little bit, a, a good old fashioned, you know, 1930s Chicago cop, exactly how you'd picture him. Yep. And, uh, and he knows the dirt on the street and he knows more than Johnny knows. And he, yeah. he kind of shakes him down saying, I know, you know, you got some blood money today, didn't you? And, uh, and to Johnny, it was just a, a normal grift that they had fun with. Yeah, um, happened to be but, a numbers guy. Yeah. But the cop happens to know just who it is and knows how well connected he is yep. and knows that, well, there's probably going to be a target on Johnny's back. And, uh, well, old Schneider gets to him right away to let, <laughs> to let yeah. Johnny know. Yeah. He's like, let me get some of that money before he blows it. Well, a little bit of that cash. <laughs> you know, and he gives, uh, he gives Schneider two grand and then, um, yeah, Yuri's like, where'd you get two grand from? It's like, it's counterfeit. So they go running. It's counterfeit. Yeah. And they book it and then realizing, you know, the, the news of what it was, uh, Luther is in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he so couldn't get to that phone booth quick enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knocks that lady out. She knocks that lady out of the you know, pushes her out of the way. So they're at uh, at the old school pharmacy. You know, and that was a really cool set, too. I mean, this whole movie. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of it was, like, on set in L.A., but a lot of it was on site in Chicago, too. So they scouted a lot of the, the places that, I mean, well, I mean, you've been all over Chicago, you know, a lot of like more, there's, there's certain areas that look like have not been touched in a hundred years. And, I, uh, I think of uh, this thing every time I'm in Chicago now, especially when I see the train mm-hmm. tracks and the, the L and everything. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy to think that L's been there? I mean, it was there in the thirties. It's crazy to think, I mean, they had technology, they had technology to do that back then, but, uh, um, but yeah, but yeah, Hooker pushes the lady out of the phone booth, um, tries to call Luther. There's no answer. Um, and then Hooker says, if you know, you know, Hulk, Schneider doesn't know shit. So if Schneider already knows and everyone else does too. Um, so they probably know about Luther. So he runs to Luther, um, and gets there in time to see that, uh, <sighs> Luther's been thrown out the window. Oh, that was sad. That was sad. The family that we got to know and love felt like we spent the Thanksgiving dinner with that yeah. family during that scene it really yeah. did uh, the next time we see them they're well, unfortunately mourning the death 
Yeah, and and that's the brilliance of this movie is, well, like you said, yeah, you get the feeling like, yeah, you sat down with Thanksgiving dinner, but, you know, that scene was only two or three minutes. It wasn't a lot of dialogue, but it was so well. Like you said, yeah, you felt like you, as the viewer, were part of the family. Yeah, and the, Fucking brilliant. And the wife with the kids at the end saying, oh, we got to get to church. Uh, like, uh, church Wednesday night? Yeah, Lord pays bingo on Wednesday. <laughs> they they tell so much in such a short scene, and it's it's wonderful, and yeah. uh, and yet really really adds a sympathy when we see Luther, um, you know, yeah. passed away. The classic, I'm getting out the game for good, and the next time you see him, well, dead, he's gone. Yeah, that's and, pretty uh, much a death knell in any movie. So anybody that's getting out, they're either getting arrested or going, you know, they're dying. So mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, and yeah, just seeing him there and Johnny realizing it and just it real out, man, he's he's got to run. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta go. Yeah, I mean, so he hightails out. And um, this is this is the first storyboard, which this is a nice touch of the movie. These storyboards, like for each chapter, was dope. It was really, really cool. Um, you know, like I said, you know, that old 30s feel. So this is our first one uh since the introduction. Um you know, and then we cut to uh, Hooker. Yeah, Hooker's just walking the streets. Um, so it looks like he's in Chicago. Uh, lots of old cars in this scene, which is awesome. Um, but I guess one of the producers, actually a few of these cars was from his personal collection. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So, and he goes up and he talks to this lady and his lady sweeping the steps, you know, and then uh, Hooker asks for, uh, for, for Gandorf and she's like, I ain't never heard of him. You know, she knows sells him. And then she's like, oh, Luther sent me. He's like, well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Hooker heads inside. Um, it appears to be like a big gaming room. They've got like the big carousel there with the rides and everything. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Redford heads are, uh, I'm sorry, Hooker heads in. And uh, this is the first time we meet Paul Newman in the movie, Henry Gondorf. Um, but we hear him before we see him. Uh, because he's passed out on the floor. <laughs> snoring with his face against the wall. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, he's snoring, snoring away. So the first time we see the co-star, he's passed. That's a that's a heck of an introduction. So. Oh, I love that scene, too. Like, the first time they go at no, you know, or a very much a sense of urgency where <laughs> – you know, Johnny gets him up and puts him in the bathtub and yep. turns the water on him, fully clothed, just to yep. wake him up. What a mean move! <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the, the the first the first line out of his mouth is, "Well, first he's screaming." I was like, "Turn the water off." I mean, we. <laughs> I don't want to assume anything, Perch. I mean, I think we've both probably been in similar situations in life, probably. <laughs> so we're screaming, "Turn the water off." <laughs> I mean, yes, Faith, I've probably done that there more times than I can count. Um, but then he finally sobers up. He's like, nice to meet you, kid, but you're real horse's ass. A real horse's ass. <laughs> so it just really kind of demonstrates the relationship these two are going to have. So um, then yeah. and Henry tells Hooker, um, he's high. And, you know, basically, you know, Johnny Hooker or Hooker's like, I didn't come here to, you know, hang out with a drunk or anything. I heard you're the best. And we find out, you know, Henry's hiding. He's on the lamb. Uh, basically, he just screwed over some center and some kind of stock deal. So um, they're going big cons, you know. They're just not, you know. Obviously, we see what happens in the movie, but I mean, when you're when you're grifting, you know, centers out of stocks, um, 
you know, that's a deal. So, and the way he's telling the story is he's, uh, you know, coming to and, and just, you know, waking up and grabbing that block of ice and putting it in that sink and chiseling it out and washing his face with some ice water and just phenomenal. It, Newman is pure gold at what he does in his delivery and just the, the believability. He's well, a cool dude. It's funny you say the believability um, because they actually added the ice part into, into the script because that is a Paul Newman trick in real life. Um, I don't know if you know, but Paul, Paul Newman liked to party. I mean, he wasn't just a character on screen. He, he liked to have a good time. And I guess uh, during one of the breaks, I guess, yeah, he came in and did the same thing. He poured like a big thing of ice and just stuck his head in there to, to shoot a scene. So that was like, yeah, so that's where they got the idea for the movie. So He is so cool at yeah. what he does. And, and he, he carries that scene. And we already know Hooker by this point. So, you know, we're, we're captivated and, and we want to know his story. But yeah. now here comes a, a <laughs> Gondor. Whoa, what is this guy all about? Yeah, I want to know more about him. <laughs> and he's just, you know, through this whole, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm biased because I mean, I, I profess my love for, for everything Paul Newman, but he is just so cool throughout this whole movie, literally. Yeah, cool dude. Yeah. And, uh, and the way, uh, Johnny's kind of telling him the story and, and he's kind of informing him a little bit and they find out, you know, around that carousel, what's all going on. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, word spread in the Grifton community about Luther being, being passed away too. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like Luther was, was very well respected. Um, and then we find out, yeah, listen, yeah, that Gondor pretty much like the maintenance guy for the play museum. Um, you know, and that basically the, the, the gist of the movie is that, uh, Hooker wants revenge. Um, he wants to con Lon again. And then, um, and then Newman's like, well, why you do? He's like, well, I don't know enough about killing to kill him. So I want to steal his money. Um, and the look in Newman's eyes, like something clicked right there. Ah, yeah. Okay. This kid is, he's got the right reasons. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's going after it and, um, you know, and uh, he said it, it's pretty important that um, this sets up the movie, but basically the Mark doesn't know that he's been gotten, you know. Yeah, so. you got to get him, and you got to make him not think that he was gotten, so coming out yeah. of it. <laughs> so. Just brilliant, the setup right there. It's so good. Yeah, and like you said, yeah, Newman definitely kind of tests him, kind of pokes the bear a little bit, um, and he says he doesn't need, you know, he doesn't need a hothead uh, that's never going to be satisfied. You know, this is the, the big con. This is this is the be all end all. You know, I mean, once we do this, we're done. Uh, yeah. So if uh, <laughs> Hooker asks him, uh, gets upset, and he asks uh, Henry if he's scared, he's like, "To my socks." I'm like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, someone from Paul Newman's, so you're like, "Okay, that makes sense." So. Oh yeah. Down to my socks, kid. <laughs> like yeah. this kid, this guy would kill a couple of grifters over nothing. Think of what it'll do to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that was such a yeah, such Newman, a real one. Yeah, Newman said he'd uh, what he'd kill a couple of grifters over some money that wouldn't last him a day, or something like that, or something. So yeah, exactly. So you know, I mean, Newman knows what he's getting into. I mean, Lonigan's not to be trifled with. Um. So and then we uh. 
this is another spot where the music just fits perfectly. Um, we get another montage and Hooker's getting all prettied up, you know, including a, a manicure. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I didn't know they did manicures back back in the 30s. Um, you know, and and obviously not for guys, but um, you know, he's getting new clothes, he's getting a shave, and and all of a sudden we see a bunch of people showing up in the movie and they're all flicking their noses. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, especially when he sees the he goes into the bank, you see a bank teller, you know, handling, you know, work yep. with a lady and it going about it. Paul Newman in the background flicks his nose. And the guy, you know, quickly wraps up the transaction and leaves the building and walks out. Like, yep. wow, this guy's a completely normal dude to society, but he's in. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, next time we're at a show together, Perch, so I expect to get a nose flick or two if something's going to go down. <laughs> just, just let me know. So, and What's uh, some great noses in the movie, too, that they had? Yeah. <laughs> Good well, facial I mean, hair, good everything. Yeah, I mean, everything, yeah. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, the detail in this movie, um, I'll kind of skip forward a little bit, but uh, doing the research, so you know the scene where uh, where Hooker um, kind of meets up with the waitress and, you know, she lets him in. Um, we never mm-hmm. actually see the apartment, uh, but the, the actress that played that part said that apartment was fully furnished. <laughs> like down to like, I mean, it had a- a- empty um, nail polish bottles. Um, it had dirty dishes, but it, they never intended to even shoot in the apartment, um, which I thought the attention to detail and stuff like that is awesome. I mean, I appreciate mm-hmm. that because like you said, yeah, the noses, I mean, the costumes, I mean, you know, yeah, the attention to detail. I mean, yeah, there were a couple flubs here and there, but I mean, you know, stuff's going to happen. Nothing that like, it, you, if you didn't read it on the on the notes, you wouldn't know. So, um, but yeah, now we're done. With, oh, next we go to a poker room, um, and this is where we get a little background on Lonigan. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, uh, probably first favorite scene, next to that, uh, you know, the Luther and Johnny yeah. running and laughing so much. <laughs> uh, but this one was that poker room where uh, it's you know Henry and Johnny, but. Henry's pals. Henry's kind of like, you know, go-to guys. Yeah, his lieutenants. And they're, yeah, the lieutenants getting the info on, on Lonergan, getting the, the money and everything that he's got to him, really all of his background. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where you find out that, uh, you know, Lonergan, you know, likes to claim that he's rich, but he grew up poor. You know, he's from the five points in New York. He's not from the fancy areas. Um, and that he's killed everyone, you know, basically what he does um, as he gets in and he wants to learn someone's business and he gets in and he works with that person and then he kills him, takes him over, mm-hmm. you know, so that's yeah. obviously going to play into, you know, and this is all information that they use later, um, obviously. So I don't want to jump too far ahead of ourselves, but. Uh, and, uh, and Ray Walston really carried this scene as he's talking about the, you know, what he likes, what he does. He loves sports. He plays this, you know, he, he hangs out with fighters, hangs out with boxers. He loves to, to play poker. And then, you know, the last thing down to, Oh yeah. And he cheats. Yeah. He's pretty good at it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right then is, again. Yeah. Ray, well, that's, that's another guy just super steady. Um, you know, obviously, by the time I saw him in movies, I mean, the first time I saw him was Cocoon. Um, I know that might be a little before your time, but I mean, that was early 80s. But I mean, obviously, he's well on his way. But um, I'd like to dig into his career. Um, 
because dude was so good, especially like you said in this movie. Um, but yeah, he brings up the fact he's like, yeah, Lonigan's an Irishman that doesn't drink and he doesn't chase women. I don't know what we're gonna do. So yeah, like yeah. Doing- yeah, he likes to play Farrell. Um, I'm not even sure what Farrell is. I've heard of it. But yeah, but he plays poker. It's the only thing he does by himself. So you see a little light bulb boop, pop up in Newman's head, setting up some amazingness. So um Yeah, that that lead in right there with you know the the four of them hanging around that poker table and you know the cop comes in and and then Eileen Brennan comes in and like, you know, lets her know or lets them know and kind of lets um, you know, Newman know about Johnny's past a little bit. Yeah. Newman kind of asks Johnny a little bit, and Johnny says no, he denies it. So Newman is the all-knowing in this movie. Again, just the he knows all and, and he, he tests people a little bit and sees what they know. And uh and figuring out what's going on, this sets the tone for like one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in any movie. Like what happens next? Like <laughs> yeah. of all movies I've ever seen, the next one is like one yeah. of the greatest I've ever watched. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, Eileen Brennan, um, her character, Billy, uh, she is um, Henry's love interest. Um, but yeah, Schneider is trying to shake her down, but she pours him a beer and then he pours the beer on her hand. That was an accident, but they just went with it. And it was the first cut. So it was just one of those, those happy accidents. And, and Brennan is such just a such a pro. She just took it off. And it, you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't know, you know. So um, let's see here. Doesn't chase Dan Poker. Yeah. Um, oh, what did you by any chance notice what beer they were drinking here, Perch? High life. Close. Schlitz. Oh, some Schlitzes. The beer yep. that made Milwaukee famous. famous. And uh, in, at this time, Schlitz was actually the largest beer in the world. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? How time? Yeah, you- that's awesome. I, st- I still enjoy Schlitz. I don't give a shit. So, but I mean, we're and being uh, Chicago. You know that was coming from Milwaukee in the yep. in the fictional thirties from the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there was. Well, the Pestigo Fire and the Great Chicago Fire were Schlitz-related. Um, shit, I'll have to ask the wife about that. But we went to Pestigo and found out a bunch of history about that. So it's probably urban myth. But, uh, yeah, Schlitz is the third, uh, the largest beer in the world in the 30s. So. Um, but, yeah, then we get our next storyboard, Perch. And it's the hook. Um, I, I love these storyboards. So. And I love, too, listen, yeah, like the posters for the movie. I know it's kind of a little bit off-topic. But we're all, I mean, it wasn't a picture of them. It was the drawings, like the storyboards of them. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we get Kid Swift. Kid Swift, um, well, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was so good, too. He was Yeah, awesome. was it Henry Gould? Yes. Okay, yep, yep. Um, oh, and he was so good at what he did. Yes, yeah. As another lieutenant, just a good him and Ray Walston were like the good go-to yeah um, um you know number two number three guys yeah and Walston later too reading off those racing scores was so good. oh he doesn't skip a beat nope and you know I mean at first you don't realize it's him but you know we'll get to that but uh but yeah Kid Swift he's setting up uh where the cons can take place so they buy their building um 
you know, and they're kind of going all over the money. It's going to cost this much for this, this much for that. Um, and then uh, he kind of clues in the, the landlord. He's like, uh, do you want to pay by month or do you want a flat rate? He's like, well, who's this against? He's like, uh, Lonegay's like, I'll take a flat rate. So I was like, <laughs> he's going all the money up front. So, um, yeah. And then uh, we cut pretty quickly. And, and then Henry's on the train. He's bribing his way into the poker game. Uh, oh, that is just uh, this. Everything that's about to happen was uh, was as good as a movie gets. The thought of knowing that Henry had to get his way onto that poker game, but he had to bribe the uh, <laughs> the train guy. Yeah, and uh, so it mixed with Kid Swift doing doing his business on on the other end. So much business happening at this point. Yeah, yeah, they just recruit 20 guys like that, like you said, you know, and then the guy he's recruiting from is like, yeah, we'll see who's on, like you said, the sheet you talked about, you know, yeah, the, the, Luther is probably all over those sheets back in the day. Yup, yup, uh, Kid Swift walks into that bar and it's all the, the grifters and they're all just greeting him as, as happy as can be because they know yeah. something's up, <laughs> something's about to happen. Oh, he, so... he goes into the back and, uh, and yep, get me the sheet. And, yeah. Uh, and like all the little nuances too, like you know, the one guy that you know, um, he plays a good Englishman. Um, he brought he's like, I'll oh, pick out a suit. He's like, Oh, I've got my own. Um, oh, yeah, Eerie, you know, because he got harassed suit. by Schneider earlier, <laughs> you know, and then you know, Erie's hiding his once again nose, and then you know, so it's like you get that nose in Brennan's the other day. He's like, Yeah, um, so good, um, so good. Um, but Perch, I think before we go to the poker game, unless ever uh, the Zoom's kind of kicking us out again, you want to take another quick break here for a couple seconds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think, yeah, because once you get rolling on this poker game, I don't want to stop. So, <laughs> so all right, high fivers, we'll be right back. What are you doing? Always drink gin with a mark kid. He can't tell if you cut it. Two thousand for you, Mr. Clayton. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, should we not wait for him? Let's go. I think that's a good idea. Mr. Clemens, give me the cards. Sorry I'm late, guys. I was taking a crap. The name's Shaw. So Mr. Shaw, meet Mr. Jameson from Chicago. How are you? Mr. Lombard from Philadelphia. Yeah. Mr. Lonigan from New York. Pleased to meet you. Mr. Clayton, Pittsburgh. Hey, any of you guys want to make a little book in Chicago, I'm the guy to see. Game is straight poker. $100 minimum, table stakes. Uh, Mr. Shaw, this is a gentleman's game. We assume you're all good for your debts. How much would you like, Mr. Shaw? Oh, I'll start with 5000 Mr. Shaw, we usually require a tie at this table. If you don't have one, we can get you one. Hey, that'd be real nice of you, Mr. Lonigan. Lonigan. Uh. 
on top. Beach me. Three tens. <laughs> Tough luck, Ron Hand. But that's what you get for playing with your head up your ass. <laughs> A couple more like that, we can all go to bed early. Name's Lonigan. Dial Lonigan. You're gonna remember that, Mr. Shaw. You're gonna get yourself another game. Your father.
Five hundred. Air five, one thousandth. I'll fold. I'll play. Cards? Two. Three. Here, five hundred and one thousand. Your one thousand, I'll raise you two thousand. Your two thousand. Clemens, give me ten thousand dollars more. I'll call. Four nine. Four jacks. You owe me fifteen grand, pal. Send a boy around to your room in five minutes. You better have the money or it's going to be all around Chicago that you're welched. You won't be able to get a game of jacks. Cash me in for the rest of these problems. All right, high fivers. We are back. And uh, I've been waiting for forever to uh, talk about this. So um, one of the most legendary scenes in, in all of history. Um, I mean, this is, this is Paul Newman at probably his finest. And that's saying a lot. Um, Perch, you want to kind of introduce, well, first of all, we cut to the train. So we're back on the train and uh, 
we see Billy. She runs into Lonigan, um, and she's a pickpocket too. So she just uh, swipes uh, Lonigan's uh, water right out of his pocket and gives it to Hooker. Um, that dude's carrying around fifteen thousand dollars, which is three hundred thousand dollars. Fifteen grand right there in his wallet, and oh. uh, and gives it right to uh, to you know Newman and Redford who are sitting there in the in the train cart, um, you know, getting ready for their their moment. Yeah, Eileen uh, started things, and then she passed the torch to Newman. <laughs> it oh. was it was his turn to shine, <laughs> tagging in, tagging out. Yep, um, <laughs> so good. Um, and then we cut he back takes and. That- you know, and then Hooker walks in, and we cut in Hooker and uh, Gondor for talking, and uh, Henry's stealing some cards. And then, um, you know, uh, Hooker's a little nervous. You know, I mean, Henry doesn't seem to be dealing those cards like he should be. So, um, you know, but he uh, watching him. Paul Newman shuffle those cards was just mesmerizing. I, Absolutely mesmerizing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we we cut to Lonigan, and Lonigan asks about his mark. And uh, the porter assures him that he'll be here. So, you know, Lonigan thinks that, uh, well, it's funny because they kept calling him Shaw. And then, but um, Lonigan's character in real life is Shaw. So I was all kinds of confused. But, um, but yeah, and then um, the porter assures him he's going to be there. And then we get um, Henry's bathing in gin, basically. Um, and, oh, yeah. Just, and he uh... tells Hooker the secret. He's like, yeah, you always drink gin with your marks because uh, they never know the gin is watered down. So, um, yeah, he's really splashing on his face and yeah. and uh, and and you know pours it down the, the sink, but but pours water into it. And he says, wow. always drink gin with a the mark. They don't know if you're cunning, <laughs> meaning yeah. like he can get away with a little bit more or or have one over on him, but. He's got a plan, old Gondor. He's yeah. not the best for for no reason. Yeah, he's I got know. he's got his ways. So, and, so. and <laughs> they show that poker room, and uh, and it's what two three guys in Lonergan and uh, and the the train, you know, bell bellman, yeah, <laughs> and they're waiting on on their last guy. Where is this guy? <laughs> like, are we gonna go on without him? And it's getting right to the brink of, of they're about to. And then they show Paul Newman right outside that door. He takes a deep breath. Makes <laughs> takes entrance of all, all entrances. Oh. <laughs> With the bottle of gin in hand. Yeah, so good. Um, I don't know about you, Perch, but I can't stand gin. Gin and I do not get along. Um, I can't even stand the smell of it, so... Uh, the fact no, and yeah, I it, think I'm... it's like a, under the, the pine tree, like a Christmas tree. I think that's like the smell, right? Yeah. I'm not familiar with, with it, but it's, uh, yeah, like piney, pine needly, pine water. Oh, yeah, um, the gin, just reeking of gin in a small train cart with yeah. like four like large dudes. Yeah, so and, good. And what was his opening line? He comes in busting the door. <laughs> oh, and then um and um high fiver. So actually, if you stay tuned um after this segment of the interview, I'm actually gonna put in the YouTube clip uh, of this scene so you can hear it for yourself. Uh, but I'm gonna put it in the link, and I recommend everybody go back and watch this scene. It is a masterclass in acting. It is 
well, not only acting, but writing and producing the whole kid caboodle. Um, Everything to do. Yeah, absolutely. It, the whole scene is just captivating. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm late. I had to take a crap. <laughs> I was taking a crap. <laughs> and right as he says it, the, sorry, I'm late. I was taking a crap. Lonergan oh. looks at that train guy like yeah, he stares I mean, daggers through him thinking yeah Lonergan, I mean he's all serious and everything um but dude I mean there's so much going on but the fact that Paul Newman can't get his name right oh and Lonergan oh, yeah, gets, gets his name Lowry and Logan and this that and the other thing oh man um He's uh, he's getting introduced to all the guys who run different towns. He's shaking their hands and he slaps the one guy on the shoulder. Yeah, just <laughs> leaves him hanging guy. for a handshake. Yeah. slaps him on the shoulder. Says, well, "I'm your guy in Chicago. If you're ever in Chicago, oh. <laughs> like, um, not appealing at all for these guys." Yeah, and then uh, they start and, uh, shuffling and, yeah, cards. Biff's, Biff's his name up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so many, yeah, in a different name every time, too. Just so good. Um, yeah, and then uh the scene here. So Paul Newman actually wins the first hand. Um, yeah, and then he keeps insulting Lon again and Lon again gets a little tough. And this is where he grabs his hand. He's like, You're gonna know my name by the end of this trip, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> he gets yeah. a little testy early. Yeah, uh-huh. and then uh, Robert Shaw, I mean, you see, I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, like, even you know they're acting, I'd be like, oh, shit. So, but no. Yeah, it was intense. You can see the sweat pouring down the face. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, Newman no-sells it. He's like, okay, okay, blah, blah. But I mean, he still keeps going on, fucking up his name. Um, Newman smoking stogies the whole time. He's got old flat nose behind his right shoulder. He holds up the cards, looking oh. left, looking right. <laughs> And, and uh, what was the line? It, he wins a hand and goes, that's what you get, low hand, for playing with your head up your, up ass. your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. We keep the... playing hands like this, so go to bed early. <laughs> yeah. He's just laying into him, getting oh. the better of It's so good. So, yeah, high fivers, make sure you, you listen. And make sure you go back and watch that clip. It is so, so good. Um, and what's he say to the one guy? He's like, like the guy folds really quick. He's like, Oh, you're the sucker. He's like, Oh, yeah, or or something like that. He's like, Oh, yeah, he totally. wouldn't be here if you weren't a sucker or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> he totally calls the guy out. And wow. yeah, I would say one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in my life. And it, you know, watching these older movies. I, I don't uh, I don't hear people talk about them as often. I guess they're always around. So yeah. no one ever informed me about, you know, how much gold was was right there. It was that a famous scene of of movies from from way back? Because to me, that's just amazing. But no one I know, I guess, uh, you know, my pops and I could appreciate it yeah. to, the, to the max degree. But just commonplace. Uh, not many people growing up uh, watch these movies. Was no. that a big scene? Yeah, like I think, I mean, I think people that know know. Like if you go, like if you stick in the YouTube, you stick in the Sting. That's the the first thing that pops up. Okay, you know. the poker one. Yeah. Um, yeah, rightfully so. Greatest but, scene of all time. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're right though. Like people don't give it its flowers, the do that they should because it's it's brilliant. Oh yeah, um, just the the way it's crafted so perfectly, and then all the way to the end, and and just knowing that he's got the upper hand on him, and they need to take that little break in there because the tension is brewing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's like, yeah, I think Cooler Head's got to prevail. So, uh, so Lonigan goes in with, uh, with, uh, broken nose guy. So, and that's so typical, you know, the heavy, of course, has got a broken nose. Cause I mean, you know, um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, it was just a, a, an awesome heated game. And, uh, and Newman was definitely getting the better of things. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He's all, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, we require a, a tie at the table. Yeah, and he, he shows up without a tie. He's oh great. Well, why don't you get me one? <laughs> and uh and midway through the card game he's he's yawning, blowing his nose in the tie. <laughs> oh so, just completely despicable. So good. Oh man. Um <laughs> I know I've said like three times, but I, I implore people watch that scene. It's so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, then uh broken nose guy in Lonigan, um, you know, he says, give him, you know, four nines. Um, and I love how obvious they make Lonigan's cheating, you know, like there's no, you know, exactly what's going on. Um, you know, and it appears, listen, as, as they're going through the scene, you know, it appears that, uh, He's got Newman beat, you know, but then the tension rises and he even has to borrow money, you know, to make a bet. Yeah, he raises the stakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, basically, um, yeah, they're kind of going back and forth. And, you know, these are amounts are comparable to, like, you know, World Series of Poker Stacks that you see nowadays, um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Lonigan thinks he's got him beat. And um, he throws down the four nines. Newman's got four jacks. Four jacks. You owe me 15 grand, pal. Yep. <laughs> and that's a verbatim quote, by the way. Verbatim. Um, oh, and just the, guy, was... just the look. Oh. Oh, we back? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. How much or how much we got left? Uh 10%. Oh, okay. Um We're so getting we, there. yeah, we, we can get, get through the poker scene for sure. Yeah. Um, but dude, yeah, bro, the and the look that Lonigan gives him is just brilliant. Um, oh, that look. Oh my god, the tension was rising. The it was a, a fever pitch. Uh, we didn't know what was gonna happen. And he throws down those four nines. And the last time we saw Newman's hand, it was a you know a BS hand, a couple of threes or something. He, yeah. he dealt him an all right hand, but but you know what? Newman was beat clear as day. Yeah. When he throws down those four jacks with a cigar right in the mouth, too. <laughs> like such yeah, great man. delivery. Yeah, you owe me 15 grand, pal. You owe me like, 15 oh. grand, pal. And Lonigan doesn't have his wallet, and that's when we find out. Oh, and he reaches for his money and he doesn't have it. That was like hitting a walk off home run. That was like, I think I stood up out of my seat when I first saw that. The, yeah. the everything, the, 
the way Newman calls him, you owe me 15 grand, pal. Yeah. And then the reaching for the wallet. Like that was. And he starts insulting the shit out of him. He's like, you know, it's like, you better pay me. You know, otherwise, everyone, everyone's going to know that you welched and blah, 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 and just dresses Lonigan down. And Lonigan can't say shit. You know? <laughs> He's got witnesses in the room. And the whole time, there was, it's a gentleman's game. You know, we're, we know, yeah. we expect you're good for it. Yes, we're good for it. Just, it's all laid out so well. And, <laughs> you know, and Lonigan, and, you know, they cut to, to broken nose and Lonigan, and Lonigan's like, well, I can't accuse him of cheating. What? What am I gonna do? Accuse him of cheating him better than I did? You he know, did so. better than me. <laughs> he had him dead to rights. Yeah. It was just, uh, I mean, even James Bond gets the upper hand, but yeah. uh, Paul Newman was on a whole nother level yep. of getting the upper hand on him right there. That was just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and then, um, you know, they're kind of going off. And then, uh, oh, yeah, Paul Newman says he's going to send the boy um, out to collect the money in about half an hour. So make sure you get the money. Um, it, so he sends out Hooker. And when, when Paul Newman goes back, well, he got a tough act to follow, kid. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> he, steamed off. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he's not kidding in more ways than one. Um, he got a tough act to follow. Yeah. Oh, it was so good another uh, the, the tag team you know i'm probably gonna go watch that after we're done here just because yeah it's it's fucking brilliant everybody um but yeah but then next uh hooker shows up he knocks on the door um you know and he lets uh lonigan know that uh you know newman had a, a dame uh pickpocket his wallet and uh, he gives his wallet back with no money um yeah and then he's like well how do you you know he's like um how did he beat me? He's like, well, because he cheats, you know. And then Lonigan wants to kill a Hooker, um, but he's got a business proposition for him. So, um, yeah, he comes clean right away. Like we don't know what's going to happen, and, and Hooker yeah. comes out right away and says, "Yep, he cheated," and pickpocket. Yeah. yeah, like whoa, he, he lets him know right away. But yeah. um, yeah, like you said, he had a plan. Had a plan. This is all, I mean, hook, line, and sinker. So, I mean, the name, I mean, the name of the scene or the chapter is the, is the hook. So, um, you know, but yeah, basically he, uh, he convinces Lonigan that, um, you know, that he wants in on, um, on Gondor, or I'm sorry, on Shaw's business played by Henry Gondorf. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, Lonigan takes Hooker home, you know, he's like, you're going home with me. He's like, well, Shaw expected me to go home with him. Um, and this is where all the background information, you know, I mean, Hooker does a great job of kind of telling Lonigan's story back to him as his own fucking brilliant. Well done, you know, greatly set up and well executed, you know, deep rooted storytelling. Yeah. You know, just down to like, you know, he's trying to move in on his business and the whole kit and caboodle. And then Hooker explains, you know, he needs someone quote unquote legit. Uh, to take over his operations. And, uh, yeah, they want to test him out by making some bets. So, yeah. Um, yeah, even – yeah, he even mentioned that he's from Five Points, you know, even though Lonigan tells everyone he's from, what was it, Four Stills or something like that. So, um, yeah, he, Perch, uh, before we pull a training station for for this round, at least got any other thoughts on this uh, <coughs> poker scene and or the, the driving scene afterwards? Uh- Oh, yeah, it was just a, 
you know, phenomenal from that entrance to that exit. Uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions and, you know, realizing everything that was coming. Um, they both played their part and, and yeah. even, uh, you know, Eileen Brennan with the pickpocket to start, uh, you realize how pivotal every point was, uh, you know, Paul Newman came in to piss him off a little bit and to really get inside his mind, get under his skin. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't just want to beat him. He wanted to, to you know, make him seek revenge against the guy yeah. <laughs> messing up his name left and right. And, oh, and, you know, uh, biffing it, you're blowing his nose and his tie. He's going to end up seeing that again, taking the 15 grand from him. Holy smokes. And just spending all that time inside that smoky, uncomfortable room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and poker again. of gin reeking of gin oh. the entire time and you know with uh larrigan getting made a fool of the yep. guy already pointed out how he hates he's not going to be made a fool of by anyone and he you know he'll kill a couple of grifters you know you're scared right down to my boots <laughs> right yeah. down to my socks buster oh. you know they're scared but they're using everything that they can to uh you know set the hook to, yeah, you know. I mean that's I mean that's um you know that is uh that's I mean that's the name of the chapter um and real quick with that with that car scene have you seen on the waterfront with Marlon Brando? Yeah, I have okay. with, uh, so with time Rod now, Steiger. And you know Marlon every Brando time you see that. yeah every time you see a movie with people talking in the back of a car I always go back to I could have been a contender. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and that was a heavy scene too. Yeah. I guess. Marlon Brando didn't stick around for Rod when he was doing his lines. Yep. <laughs> so Rod, uh, you know, took that personal. He's a great actor too. My God, yeah. he's in a lot of good movies. Um, but yeah, the, the back of the car scene, very legit, very serious. Lonergan in there, just the big yeah. guy. And, you know, remiss if we didn't say that when he walks with that limp, it's so menacing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, he had a legit broken ankle. That's why they did it. He wasn't supposed to have a limp originally, but he was just so good. I mean, like he came in, like I shot him and I was playing, he was playing some sport or something like that. And then George Roy Hill's like, okay, walk over there. Okay, walk back. Fuck it. We're going to make it part of the character. Yeah, like he's, and it added to it, like that limp you're like, dude. It added. Like, where did he get this limp from? You're like, dude. The, the deep layer. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't have known. I, I just credited to the the level of acting just pure yeah. commitment to the bit this guy put that in there and, and they rolled with it and uh and yeah again going back to the acting you roll with it you roll with the punches and uh and deliver the the emotions and in his case it was a real dastardly evil emotion that he had a, a revenge yeah revenge the the first thing we get you know recognized to him is him offering a, a hit on a couple of grifters who knocked him off for some cash that he made probably illegally yeah <laughs> this guy's uh, a bad dude yeah i mean i mean that limp like you said menacing that's a great way to put it it's just like you're kind of wondering like i mean why is he limping i mean you know did he did he you know did someone have to break his leg for something i mean you know who knows yeah they give them the five points as a kid and he's walked his whole life with it or did yeah. someone get back to him with it or it adds a whole nother layer to, to the, the character of him <laughs> i love it 
so each defined character in this movie yeah it was yeah it, it's amazing so all right well perch i think it's a good time to take a break um what do you think yeah we'll go with the so all right high fivers we'll be back in a couple seconds Brigham signed it, all right. I can't understand why he didn't tell me. Ah, uh, he's like all them supervisors. They think they're too good for regular people. He says he was in here a while ago and the place was a mess. We'll hurry so we don't keep you out of your office for too long. Well, why can't I work with you in here? Look, pal, we gotta cover the floor, the furniture, everything, so we don't spill on nothing. Now, if you want to sit in here with a tarp over your head, you're welcome to it. All right, how long will you be? Oh, an hour or two at the most, a small job. On the side door here. Hi, Les. Uh, Les, this is Doyle Lonigan. Mr. Lonigan, this is Les Harmon. How are you doing, Mr. Lonigan? Could we, uh. What did you bring him here for? Kelly, that'd be a we good idea for him to see the operation. Uh, Kelly, I'm having the place painted. We can't talk in here now. Oh. Well, we'll have to find someplace else. Excuse me, Mr. Lanigan. Hey, Miss Barnes. I'm going home a little early. Uh, look, if there are any calls, tell them they can reach me here tomorrow morning. Thank you. Mr. Lanigan? All right, high fivers, we are back. I appreciate your patience. I know all the the fuck you Zoom breaks can be kind of a pain in the butt, but you know until Tom figures out what else he's gonna do. So, uh, but yeah, I got Perch back on the line here. Perch, how are you this evening? Uh, doing great, Tom. Doing great. How are you good. feeling? I am fantabulous. I'm a little lighter and everything, but uh, things are good. So it's a good thing this is only an audio podcast. So, um. <laughs> But yeah, we are continuing our evaluation or review or whatever you want to call it of the sting. Uh, last time we talked to you, uh, Hooker was being interviewed um, via, by Lonigan in the back of a car. And uh, he confesses, you know, uh, confesses that him and uh, they, uh, they've screwed him over and everything. And then, uh, yeah, the brilliance of Redford kind of pulling at uh, Lonigan's heartstrings. You know, saying how he's from five points and, you know, he's trying to take over, you know, um, Newman's business and everything. So that's where we left off. Um, yeah. And that uh, 
that info that they're talking about in the car really brings you back to that poker scene. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I guess before they were playing cards, when they were sitting at the, the empty card table, uh, planning and, yeah. and plotting the, uh, when, um, you know, the guys were going through his, uh, his background and his history yeah. and, uh, and Ray Walston was going through <laughs> all the little quirks and stuff of him. And now you see him coming into play right away with Redford really hitting on, on those key points. Yeah. So, so well done. Um, you know, like we talked about, like I said, yeah, just, you know, the foreshadowing of, you know, the empty poker scene with his lieutenants and Redford pulling it off, like, you know, like, you know, gold. So it was perfect. So, um, but yeah, they and then uh, we, you know, after that car scene, we do cut to Hooker uh, going back to his room, and uh, him being the wily street person he is, left a little sheet of paper on his door. And uh, if that sheet of paper was not, you know, he knew someone was in his room, so he comes home that the piece of uh, papers on the ground, and he goes running, and out comes the hitman. They start shooting at him, you know. So yeah. It- he has to be on his toes at all times throughout this movie. Yeah. He leaves his one town, goes to the next. Uh, each scene kind of keeps you on your toes with Hooker. You don't know, you know, everyone's always after him to, yeah. to get him for something or another. <laughs> you know, everybody. And they said, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, and then we just cut to the next scene. Um, you know, and obviously we find out Lonnie had sent people, you know, to kill Hooker because he's all pissed off, which makes sense. Um, and then we find out that Lonigan's gonna send Salino, the fancy hitman, after him. So, I'm sorry. yeah, you can see how it escalates from uh, from when he initially said yeah. uh, in the early scenes, you know, have some local people take care of it, nothing fancy. To uh, you know, the scene where you know Hooker put the piece of paper in his door; those were probably a couple of uh, you know more higher up than just a couple yeah. of local guys. However, these guys can't get it done. Uh, Lonergan means business when he says he wants to get Salino on the job. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's good to go. And then Lonergan goes to meet Hooker, but he's shocked that Hooker is actually still alive. Um, so Hooker, like I said, he's, he's wilding out. So, um, you know, and then Hooker kind of goes over the instructions with Lonergan. You know, basically they're just going to do a test run. Um, you know, with the betting and everything. So, and then uh, someone's going to call him and uh, the, with a bet he needs to make and uh, wait right there in the, the little, the old school, like when pharmacies were like soda shop type things, you know. I'm yeah, that was uh, before our, both before our time, but yeah. That one was like the, uh, it, it may have even been, but like the diner from Back to the Future, that yeah. old school, yeah. <laughs> it really had that feel to it. And yeah. Just, uh, yeah, and it's so nice weird that big yeah, those double, yeah, those doubled as gr- as drug stores as pharmacies back in the day. So, um, by us, we don't have one with the counter or anything, but we do have one of those old school school pharmacies that we always try to go to by our house. So, you know, but uh, yeah, they're uh, they're waiting there. They make the bet, and uh, it's it's funny because uh, the um, the race is actually at Narragansett. And a little funny story about Tom when I lived out in Massachusetts. Uh, there's a Narragansett beer that's huge. It's like Miller out here, but I can never pronounce it. So I always called it Nagasaki for some reason. Every time I hear Narragansett, I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Callback. But uh, 
you know, and then uh, so they, they make the bet. So Lonigan and his heavies kind of go across the street to the betting room. Uh, they make their bet. And uh, Newman accosts Lonigan. Oh, that moment when yeah. uh, I know, you know, everything is set up to a T. They've got Kid Twist sitting up in the, the top of the, the corner room yep. making the phone call. They can see when Lonergan's walking across. They know right when he's about to walk in the door. Yep. So Newman's getting all dappered up <laughs> and getting ready yeah. as uh, his, his reprising the role um, yep. from, from the, the train car scene. Yeah, and he's yeah he's taunting Lonigan, you know, just like he wants to make sure he sees the money. You know, <laughs> this guy has a habit of not paying, so and, he's got uh, a habit of welching. You know, <laughs> and then, uh, ironically enough, the guy announcing the race kind of sounded familiar, Perch. I don't know about you, but funny how that works. So, um, yeah, they have a good taunt on Lonigan. Um, yeah, and uh, of course, his wins, uh, you know, his win, his horse wins um, when he does feel vindicated. You know, so it's like the the hook is set, as the kids like to say. Um, you know, and then Newman comes out, tells him he's got to get his goons out of here. It's the class joint, and uh, the goons aren't welcome, and uh, they all leave. You know, so Lonigan leaves with his goons, and then then we see everyone just start cheering like it went off as perfect. So, so well, like you know, we we've said it a dozen times on this, but yeah, so well done. I mean, this is so well written, so well executed. You know. Love yeah, it, so. and and everyone in the parlor is really doing their their job. That's when when they're on, you know, as yeah. as the actors, as the the bit players in this in the big con here. Everyone yeah. has a role to play, and you can really see it in the suitcase man who who travels with his own twill suits, and yeah, his own mustache was, and his own that, his own beard and yeah. and the props, and he puts everything into it, and. uh and yeah, even that conversation he had with Erie uh, before uh, before the scene starts up, it's just uh, very cool to see the attention to detail that each one of these people are putting yeah. in, uh, you know, to to play their role in the the betting parlor to, to yeah. make it all theme. Yeah, you know, and yeah, and the set dressing on this was so awesome too. I mean, you really felt like you were in 1936. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and then we cut the hooker. I uh, goes into line again and explains in a nutshell that he needs to go to uh, that. Basically, they get the results from Western Union, um, and then uh, Lonigan wants to make a four hundred thousand dollar bet at five to one, which in today's money uh, would be roughly about forty million dollars. Yeah. Um, so, and um, and the funny thing, I don't. I just thought it was kind of weird because Lonigan only gets 20%, but at five to one, he's just basically doubling his money. So he's putting his money in. So I just, I don't know. So the math just didn't seem to add up there, but who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Lonigan starts to insist that he wants to meet this uh, Western Union person. Oh, this yeah. Was not part of the plan. Yep. So he was in on it. He's, he's realizing, okay, this deal's all right, but you know, Lonergan doesn't get to be the position he's in by, you know, taking someone else's word for it. So he starts, you know, not making demands, but he wants to uh, to make sure everything is on the up and up. And he starts questioning, you know, these guys and, and saying, well, I want to know the man, you know, he pushes yeah. the button further a little bit. So, um... <laughs> and, and kid twist says, give us some, <laughs> give me some time. Yeah. I'll figure something out. 
Um, and man, these were these were so good. Um, you know, we'll get to that point real quick, but yeah. And then Hooker calls it in, and like you said, yeah. And Alyssa Kid Twist, like, well, we'll go to Plan B. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, as we leave, we see a person with ominous-looking gloves uh, watching Hooker. So he's got another person after him. It looks like so. Yeah, and and again, someone's always watching him. It's that yeah. illusion of he's got a target on his back the entire time here. And yeah, yeah. the gloves, menacing gloves. Yeah. And then as he hangs up, our good old friend, uh, Lieutenant Schneider, breaks back into the phone booth. So there's another monkey wrench in all this. So, uh, but, you know, Hooker gets away, a fun foot race. Um, that was really the fun scene where he got on top of the roof at the train station. Oh yeah. The Schneider's running one way. He's running the other way. Schneider's like, shit. And he jumps over to the next building and everything. So. And the uh, music's kicking in. That's like yeah. a musical right there. Yeah. Just I mean. Probably one of my favorite usages of, of the music during yeah, that no, scene. Yeah. No dialogue. And it looks like Redford shot, you know, all these, you know, there wasn't anything really dangerous, but I mean, enough, you know. And obviously there's no CGI, so this is all live action. You know? Oh, that's the best. Um, yeah. One of my favorite parts in the movie is the way he gets out of that phone booth. Oh, my yeah. God. It, Snyder's got a gun to his face in a phone booth. And watch the way he gets out of that phone booth. It's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> um, it's like, how do you get out of this? And he does. Yeah. Uh, somehow. Such some a great way. scene. You know, and um, listen, that, you know, I didn't even really notice that. But, yeah, that really just goes, I mean, Hooker, man, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing just instinctually. If the guy knows what he's yeah. doing, he's been doing it his whole life. You know, we're, we're seeing, you know, all these, the target on his back. Uh, I imagine this has probably been his whole life. We're just seeing yeah. where he's at at this time and place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're only catching like a two weeks of his life. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> doing this since, since childhood. So who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. And then we cut to our boy, Henry Gondorf and he's upset. Um, you know, that Schneider found hooker, um, you know, and he pieced together that a hooker ain't sleeping in his room and it gives him a lecture. You know, you, you can't treat your friends like marks, you know, you gotta, you gotta be completely honest with everybody. You know, these are some monkey wrenches they could have planned for, but, uh, you know, hooker begs for more time. And, uh, Gondor states that, you know, you know, it's a pretty deep scene, you know, Gondor's like, yeah, basically, you know, you're, you've been so lucky, but you know, that bullet's going to miss you and hit him. And they kind of leave it at that. So is mm-hmm. there real tension there, Perch, or is that just for the camera? So I guess we shall see. Oh, and it's such great, you know, direction in the movie. You know, the yeah. way they let the audience know just enough. But, you know, it's about who all knows the information. And Gondorf seems to know it all. Yeah. Uh, Hooker doesn't quite know, but he thinks he does. Uh, you know, e- everyone has got just a little bit of wool over their eyes. Yeah. You know, and, and meanwhile, everything's played out like a hand right in front of us. We, we see the cards, but, uh, but yeah, it keeps us guessing the entire way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just like, you know, it's, it's a real poignant scene. It's real life. It's like, Hey, yeah, you can't play, you know, we're not it's the marks. We're all in this together, you know? Yeah. We're all in this together. And, uh, and it's a real serious, um, you know, we can tell why those two are the best of what they do. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the two movies they did together, but it, a moment like this scene 
is uh is you know the chemistry yeah and, and, and great and, actors playing off one another and like we talked about earlier i mean um their chemistry is so powerful you don't realize they only did two movies Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just, you know, they're, they're tied together, but I mean, just two and, you know, and in the second movie, I mean, they're really only together for maybe 20% of the movie, you know, there's, I mean, you know, Hooker's got a very independent storyline, but yeah, they're really not together that often. So yeah. Enjoy the, I enjoy those scenes. Yeah. Uh, but next we see Hooker. He walks into a diner and he's, uh, he's talking up the new waitress at the diner. You know, and uh, Hooker's definitely throwing on a little thick, you know, trying to get his Mac on, you know, just being the, the being the Hooker that he is. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean? So it sounded bad, but Hooker's his nickname. So, um, but then one of my favorite scenes, um, when they go into the Western Union office, just, I mean, Kit Swift and Erie are just so, so smooth, um, you know. And uh, yeah, they're they're moving and they're they have to paint the office and they you know they've got an order la da da, um, and also just another quick note from Tom's life: the Western Union office is at one ten Wabash, which is a real address in Chicago. Um, is now a coffee shop that I used to deliver to when I used to work for Collectivo and I delivered coffee. Oh yeah. no way! That's yeah, it's an old Pete's Coffee. When I saw that address, I'm like, I know where that is. So. Oh, and that's the building they use. And that yeah. scene right there is one of my favorites. I'll have to stop there next time I'm in, in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh-huh. at least it was a couple years ago. So, um, yeah. Such but, a great scene. They, they walk into that uh, that building. It was, uh, it was at Ray Walston yeah. and, uh, and Kid Swift. And they, they come in as, as painters. And they, you know, tell the, the couple of people working there that they have to get out. They have a, a work order to paint. And they're, no, you don't. This is not this day. But the persuasion and the, the ability that, you know, those two lieutenants have got. Yeah. <laughs> they're able to, you know, get these people out of the office and commandeer this man's office for, you know, however long they need here. It was yeah. a brilliant scene <laughs> you know awesome yeah and then you know um and basically they, they get all set up they kick the guy out uh kid swift moves into the western union um and lonigan comes in to meet the partner um but so obviously the painting was not it was, it was twofold so obviously it was to get the real guy out of the western union office but it was also to get lonigan say hey we're painting we have to go somewhere else yeah so right as they uh they get the guy out of the office uh Kid Swift takes off the painter suit and he's got a nice, awesome suit and tie under it. Yeah. He takes out a, a picture of his family and, and swaps it for the other picture on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got Ray Walston still rolling paint and some, some green on the wall. Yep. And right as Lonigan rolls up to the back door, um, you know, Kid Swift quickly, you know, opens the door slightly and says, Hey, we can't stay here. Come on, we're, we're painting and, yeah. and we, we got to find somewhere else. Plus, you know, the nis- the nefarious act of this horse betting that's going on he doesn't want it to be at his office of all places so yeah. you know so i mean very believable you know and i mean the fact that yeah they want to get him out of there but yeah i mean he's doing something i mean nowadays that would be very very i mean i'm sure back then it was illegal but nowadays i mean wire fraud is no joke so oh yeah and his best was uh 
he hits the the intercom and says, uh, "Hold all my calls. I, I'm going to be out of the office for a couple of days." And right before he leaves, yeah. he takes off. Ray Walston starts grabs everything just in time. The yep. people in the office are, "What? What did he just say?" <laughs> he switches the he switches the picture the picture back it was just one of those little details, but was so awesome. Another scene that's just as good as it can be. Yeah, and they were so smooth. You know, and like right as, as, as the real Western Union guy, you know, Aries is walking out the door, you know, like nothing's <laughs> going on. So, um, yeah, love it. You know, such such a great scene. So I'll probably throw a clip of that scene in here, too. But uh, then we have a meeting, and, you know, and Lonigan wants one more shot. Uh, but Kid Swiss says, he, you know, he can't keep cleaning up all these, you know, on these long shots because, I'll you know, someone's going to start asking questions, you know, so. Oh, yeah. So he's on at this point. We've seen Newman uh, being on. We've seen uh, Redford being on. And now, you know, it, the plan B, it, it switched. Now yeah. a big role here for our for our third man in charge carrying the scene in the way he plays it so nervously. Yeah. Uh, you know, just awesome acting. Awesome yeah. acting. Yeah, because, I mean, he goes cool. I mean, it's cool because he goes from as cool as a cucumber you know, when they're in the office, all of a sudden he's a jittery son of a gun, you know, mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah, and, and this man, you know, Kit Swift, the, the first time we see him in the movie, he's got a nice hat and suit, ni- nice hat, a nice coat on, walking into the bar with all of his pals, and, yep. you know, he's just on top of the world, so you know that he's totally putting on this act and, and playing his role to the best of his ability yeah. for, for Lonergan. Um, so amazing. Um, you know, so then we cut to Schneider and Schneider's, uh, you know, he's at a restaurant just eating, being a fat slob, you know, FBI guy and or a uh, cop, you know, and then he's drug out by the FBI. And then Schneider meets with the FBI and he gets all cocky saying, he's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but we learn um, Sergeant Pope definitely puts him in his place. Um, I can't remember the guy who plays him, but he was from MacGyver. Um, so obviously whenever I see him, I think of MacGyver. No, I keep showing my age and everything, but, uh, talk about a great actor. He commands the scenes. Yeah. Old He's so detective Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> he puts um, Snyder in his plays. So, I mean, yeah, this is so well done, you know, and then just, you know, in the cry, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, anything sooner than we have to, but, but for um, the first he, time we see someone on Snyder's ass which yeah. is, you know, finally a, a yeah. little, uh, you know, relief of tension. Yeah. And the FBI says they, uh, they want Gondorf. Uh, they didn't always run him with hooker and uh, they don't have much on Gondorf, but if they catch him cold, they can, you know, they know he's been running. They know he's been running all these big cons, but uh, they can't make anything stick. Uh, so they need hooker to, uh, you know, to basically be his, their informant. So, you know, the FBI has been chasing Gondorf forever and we heard earlier in the movie, you know, that Gondorf had pulled a big scam on a senator and the FBI has been after him ever since, you know, so is, is Hooker going to, you know, backstab Gondorf? So we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Schneider's, you know, Schneider can either help and make money or they can make, or they can make him do it regardless. So, I mean, it's either help and get paid or help and not get paid. So yeah. Well, I said detective Polk, um, play I, I should have wrote down the guy's name, but yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, for, for the older folks in, in the high fivers will know he was known as uh he was MacGyver's sidekick on MacGyver, so 
Um, and Schneider, you know, Schneider wants to know uh, what they need Hooker for, and the FBI tells him um, basically Hooker is just there to set up New or uh, Gondorf. So, mm-hmm. and uh, later um, we find out we, the brilliance of this scene. Right now, we don't know how awesome this scene is, but we soon will. So, um, then we cut uh, the next uh, the next scene. Uh, this is the shutout. Um, once again, those storyboards just really made it was a nice touch in the movie. You know, each chapter was was, was so awesome. So, um, and now it, it's you know it's it's go time, and uh, they're trying to find good uh, bets for the trial run. They found one. Uh, they call it into Lonigan. Uh, but this time he tries to make the bet, but he's too late um, because, you know, because Gondorf shut him out, whatever that means. So basically, I think they just cut the cut the betting once the race started. So, yeah. So they uh, that was when he wanted to make a, a big bet. And I don't think they had enough money to clear it. So they yeah. had to had to make it, you know, on the fly, figure out the best way to do it, you know, and then we get to see it come into play where the old mustache fella with his own twill suits comes yep. in and he's sitting down right, right. You know, on the, the aisle seat, right. As Lonergan's about to go, he steps up right in front of him just subtly. Yeah. And it, it bumps him back a little bit. Lonergan notably a little bit. <laughs> ah. he's, he's waiting for the line to go. And, uh, and you hear the, the race ticker and, and the, the, you know, the man calling out the races and it's on such a tight window as he's about to walk up to the bedding. They're trying to stall as much as they can. And they're not sweating. We're not seeing it. But yeah. it's so, so close. Yeah. And, uh, and right as Lonergan's about to make that bet, they, you know, give him the They're point. Out. And the next race starts. And he can't make a bet because the race starts. Yeah. However, he uh, he still stuck around to hear the race. and And... You know, he, he knew the information that he needed. And uh, and it was another good scene with that, with the pal. And the the first time when he bets on the horse, he gives shit to, <laughs> shit to old Erie about betting on the horse. You know, the, the horse that he should have had. Yeah. This time around, um, you know, he misses the bet, but his horse still wins. Yeah. Um, Erie doesn't miss that chance to say you should have had your money on that yep. oh. <laughs> he gives it right back to him so good you know. again like that story of uh, the mustache man telling Erie it's like you know during the first few times I, I hung out around in the back you know I didn't want it to be a big part but you know to, to see him play a little bit more of a role or to have confidence in himself to Yep. You know, play, play his role in the work is sli- as small as it is, but it's the guy, you know, giving him shit at the, yeah. at the horse track. He gave him a little bit of shit earlier. He's giving him shit right back. <laughs> you know, but, so uh, yeah. At the end of the day, uh, Lonigan's convinced. So tomorrow he's going to bring in $500,000 and uh, which listed 500. So that's, yeah, which is about, yeah, roughly, but I, I misspoke earlier. It's about $10 million. So that's not bad. You know, that's not a bad bet. Um, but yeah, this time he says, you know, Hooker gives him shit. It's like, what? You didn't make the bet? And he's like, well, I'll be back tomorrow. And you just make sure I get in here in time. So <laughs> you make sure I make the window. <laughs> yep. So, and then we, uh, we cut. So Hooker's back at the diner. 
Um, he's get putting more and more. He's very persistent with said waitress. Um, you know, once again, we notice another shadow, shadowy figure waiting for him. Um, and he convinces the waitress to hide him in the bathroom. Um, and then the, the, the hitman chases him in there. Uh, but you know, the stall is taken by uh, by the waitress, you know, while Gondorf's, you know, or by uh, Hooker sitting in there. So, and then uh, the hitman leaves and Hooker runs out. He runs right into the hit, man. I mean, Hooker just can't get out of his own damn way. Um, yeah, and then uh, the hitman takes a shot at him, uh, misses Hooker, but Hooker's able to get away. And uh, we see the hitman chase him, but uh, he gives up. And then uh, we see Salino uh, come in, the fancy hitman, and uh, Ooh. he whacks him. Yeah, you know, just kind of, we just hear the footsteps come up, and then we hear the pew pew. Yeah. Oh, Gary. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And then Hooker goes back to his room where he's met by Schneider, uh, who drags him to the FBI. So I make a long story short, um, you know, they go a little out of back and forth hookers, you know, very indignant like Schneider was. Um, but yeah. And basically it's either he cooperates and pinching Gondorf or they're going to lock up his good friend, Luther's wife, who we found out earlier is in the game. You know, she ain't done much, but they'll make it stick. They're the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and quick note, when uh, Polk, uh, when Polk says Schneider says hookers, um, wait, what's it say? Um, oh, there's a quick funny uh, moment here. I'm so sorry. Oh, um, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, something about, yeah, he goes to hooker, something about Schneider. And then hooker's like, yeah, Schneider doesn't know shit. And I don't know if it was supposed to be in the movie or not, but there's a subtle little poke, like almost laughed like, Oh, this isn't good. So, um, but I don't know if that was a happy accent they left in, but who knows? So, and then uh, I forgot to mention, yeah, hooker, make sure, um, that uh, basically if they're going to get Lonigan or if they're going to get, um, you know, cause Lonigan, obviously he's the Mark, uh, but we wanted him to make sure that, you know, they get the money from Lonigan. You know, Polk's like, I don't care. You know, listen, you know, as long as long as we get Gondorf, you know, I don't care what you do with with uh, Lonigan. So, um, yeah, yeah, I like that. As long as you get him, you know, you guys do what you want with him. That's not who we're after. <laughs> yep, I like that. So, um, yeah, unless a brilliant, unless um, Detective Polk was 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 fantastic. Um, but yeah, then we next we cut to Henry and Hooker, uh, kind of playing cards. Uh, Hooker's, you know, visibly irritable. Um, but yeah, Gondorf is cool as a cucumber. I mean, he's being played by Paul Newman. How can you not be cool? Just saying. Um, but you know, and then, you know, Hooker's asking a bunch of questions and, you know, Henry says he's probably done two, 300 marks in his day. Um, you know, but back in the day, you know, the cops were in in on it, you know, so it wasn't like you're breaking the law. He's like, you know, what's the fun of being a grifter if you're acting like a citizen? You know, so I mean, it shows that um, Gondorf not only does this for the money, but I mean, the thrill of it. You know, I mean, yep. I, I can understand that. So, um, going back to uh, to Luther and Johnny running, you know, down the the alleyway after that original grift, yeah. it's about the love of it. It's the the thrill yeah. of doing, and you get to see Gondorf and just why he got into it right here. Yeah. 
you know, and then, uh, you know, Gondor just want to make sure he, you know, he, he's not doing it for revenge because revenge never got him nowhere. You know, this is about, this is about the grift and, you know, he doesn't need him coming back and, uh, you know, coming back and saying it's not enough. He's like, this is just about doing the right thing, you know, cause Luther was his friend too. And, you know, it's about revenge, you know, it's about the money, but it's not just about the money and not just about the revenge. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That's all I gotta say. Purchases is fucking brilliant. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's set up uh, such a wonderful story, and the way it all plays out, and each piece gets laid out, you know, strategically here. Yeah, um, those moments of levity in between is just always great. Like you said, they're only on screen together for about twenty percent. They maximize every time they're on screen together in furthering the story and yeah. really giving a a deeper understanding to just how much this means to him. Uh, meanwhile, you know, we figure there's still a little bit of dirt on each one of them that the other guy doesn't know about. So, you know, they trust each other. They just don't know each other still. Yeah. And, and this scene, you know, obviously, you know, this is a heist movie, um, you know, and there's, there was heist movies before this and there's many heist movies but a scene like this really actually gave it more depth. It wasn't just about, you know, stealing. It was, I mean, why, why people do what they do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I could go into examples in my own life. I was never a grifter, but that's, I don't know if I want to put that out on the internet, but I mean, sometimes, you, you know, you do things just, you know, people don't understand. Sometimes you got to do it to feed your family or sometimes it's just to take care of a friend or like, you know, it really gave the story a lot more depth instead of your normal heist movie so um but yeah and then uh you know hooker's upset so he heads out uh but he happens to notice perch a certain waitress just happens to be finishing up her shift and uh you know and he goes over you know and she goes home she knows where she lives and uh hooker goes on over to make his move uh but he knocks on the door you know and uh the waitress answers uh, but Miss Hilliard happens to see them together. Um, yeah, but, you know, Hooker being Hooker, he got in there. So, you know, and like we talked about earlier uh, with this scene, uh, the actress that played the waitress's name um, said that George Roy Hill, the, the director, was so thorough that you never see the apartment. Um, you see them in bed together. You see them at the door, but you never see the apartment. But she said, you know, we talked about earlier, that entire apartment was laid up like it was a real apartment, you know, down to mm-hmm. the half, you know, to- nail polish. So it was pretty awesome. Um, you know, and uh, like I said, um, you know, it's 2 a.m. A lot of people are up, you know, it's, you know, two, you know, they're, you know, two lonely souls swimming in a fishbowl. Um, sorry, I just t- I quoted Pink Floyd there, but uh um, but yeah, the music pause and die, you know, is awesome. You know, no dialogue, and then uh, and we wake up and Hooker's just laying in bed all by himself, perched. So, yeah, and where, the girl's gone. Where did and, the witches go? And she's in. I mean, he's in her apartment. He's in her place, and he kind of wakes up not knowing where he's at for a second. We don't really know where he's at, but what's all going on? He wakes up and realizes she's gone, and you know, this is the big day. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Hooker heads out. Uh, then we go to a quick scene. We see a, a hitman getting his guns ready, you know, getting his gloves and his gun and everything. So, 
Um, and we cut to Lonigan getting his $500,000 in cash. So he's good to go. Lonigan's all in. Um, and then Hooker's back at the, you know, back at the diner. Um, you know, and Henry, and Henry knows he's, uh, at the, you know, he's got to leave his home after this. And Hooker calls Pope and let him know, um, you know, let him know that Gondor's there. And he walks out and uh, the hitman is lurking around. Um, and then he sees the waitress perch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're down that alleyway. Yep, and he's going to say hi, and they're walking together, and all of a sudden you hear a shot ring out over her shoulder. She catches her right in between the eyeballs. You're like, what Yeah, waitress down. Pew! Right yeah. between the eyes. Yeah, and, and I guess... Find out, like, what the heck's going on? Did someone try to hit him and, and yeah. got her on accident? But no way. <laughs> That's yeah. too precise of a shot. You know, what's going on here? And then, uh, oh, I love the way they meet up. The guy comes booking it yep. <laughs> with his coat. And it's just the way uh, explaining exactly what's going on. And the man with the leather gloves and the hat. And it was, uh, it was a man who was hired to protect yeah. old Booker from Selena. a hitman in particular who was after him, trying to kill him, Selino. Yeah, or in this case, the hit woman. The hit woman. Yeah. So, you know, they cut to the, you know, they kind of roll her over and she's got a gun on her, um, you know, and uh, he just, he just lets her know that she was going to kill him. You know, we found Loretta, out. Selena. Yeah. Loretta. Yeah, we, mob. Big yeah, we, time hit. Man. We Lots found of out. kills under her belt. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then the hitman takes, uh, you know, um, Hooker on, on a ride and we find out kind of the details. He's like, why didn't she kill me in the room? He's like, well, too many people saw her. So Miss Hilliard saved Hooker's life again. You know, this guy, like I said, I mean, he uh, he's living on sunshine sometimes. So, and uh, the way that uh, that you know he was hired to take care of Johnny Hooker and, and make sure that he stays alive. Um, yeah. You know, Gondor really cared about him and really, you know, wanted to keep him safe. Yeah. So by, you know, putting his best guy on the job, you see just how well he got it done. You know, sure enough, he he did have a target on his back. Yeah. But by Gondor, you know, hire, you know, probably his pal, as you find out when he brings Hooker back to him, he gives the little yep. nod or the nose or the, the nod saying just saved his life right here. You know, mm-hmm. they don't say any words to each other, but it speaks so much when he gives that nod to yep. To Paul Newman from across the way. The great Henry Gondor. Turn it off. It's over. Turn it off, will you? you kid you're a real horse's ass luther said i could learn something from you i already know how to drink sorry about luther the best street worker i ever saw he had you down as a big timer what happened 
found a senator from Florida on a stock deal. Little lobby. I thought he was going to take over General Electric. Some shantuzzi woke him, though, and he put the feds on me. You mean you blew it? Luther didn't tell me he had a big mouth. He didn't tell me you was a screw-up, either. You played any big cons since then? Oh, I landed around a bunch of bullhung towns. One kick ahead of the gene head. Would be still if Billy hadn't set me up here. Don't kid yourself, friend. I still know how. You stay for breakfast and you already know how to eat. Is Lonigan after you, too? I don't know. I ain't seen anybody. You never do, kid. All right. So, yeah, now that the hitman's uh, kind of let um, Hooker know. You know, that, you know, that he was hired by Gondorf and Gondorf's got his back, you know, so that, that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, but yeah, then we cut the Polk and, uh, you know, Polk's finding out that, uh, um, finds out that his Mark is some big time New York guy. Um, so he's talking to Schneider and it's like Schneider, when this goes down, you need to get him out ASAP. Um, so, dun, dun, dun. Um, but yeah, and then we cut back to Lonigan. So uh, the big con's on, Perch. The big con is on. Um, but yeah, Lonigan gets the call. Um, you know, he gets the call for the bet, and uh, the Marks enter the parlor, uh, and they make a huge bet. Um, but yeah, he needs uh, he needs Gondor's permission. Um, you know, and Henry says they can they can take that much, but uh, you know, or uh, he's always not sure if they can take that much. But then Lonigan, you know. Starts calling him names. You're gutless, la da da. You're just a scammer, la da da. And then Henry, once again, Paul Newman. I don't know if anyone can pull this off as cool as that motherfucker, but just like, all right, fine, we'll take your bet. That works so good. Oh yeah, just like they were playing cards again. It's they're under their skin. Newman still hasn't called him by the right name, and he still calls <laughs> yeah. him a different. Every single time I love when he walks up to him at the parlor every day, you know, he's, he's always got the, the tuxedo on, like yeah. he runs a place in Chicago and Lonergan is kind of coming in like with his hood up, not that he's wearing a hood, but yeah, you know, it's, it's ran by Newman who is this sleazeball gin drink and card player yeah. to all Lonergan knows. Oh. Meanwhile, it's Newman just playing him like a fiddle. And the way he has the upper hand on him right here is just, you know, the way he delivers those lines and those scenes, like you said, a little back and forth. And is well, go ahead. Sure. We'll take Make your bet. So there's so much emotion into it at this point. It was great. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So Lonigan is, you know, Lonigan's made his bet at this point. Uh, So he sits down. And then uh, Swift playing uh, the Western Union guy comes in and he tells him, um, you know, lucky Dan's going to win. 
or he's going to place, he's not going to win. And Lonigan is obviously not happy because he just made $500,000 wrong bet. He realizes he just made the wrong bet right there. Oh, and he just blows his top. Um, it's awesome. And now he, want, he was going back. He's like, I want my money back, blah, 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 blah. But all of a sudden, Perch, ironically enough, or serendipitously enough, I guess, if people like to say, the FBI or FBI bust in. Hmm. FBI come busting in to take down the whole operation right as Lonergan is freaking out. He's about to, he wants his money. He just trusted 500 grand to the bookie, you know, in thoughts of making his money back, realizing he just lost 500 grand. So now he's trying to physically find a way to get it back. Yeah. Right. He's about to freak out. The FBI comes in to take down the entire operation. The, the Gondorf, the, you know, uh, Johnny Hooker playing his part, the, you know, Lieutenant Schneider playing his role right here. You know, this has nothing to do with Lonergan. He just happens to be having a bad day on the yeah. same day as everyone else having a bad day. <laughs> so good. And what then, a uh, wild, you know, peak right here. What, what a wild climax to the movie. Yeah. And how serendipitous that the FBI just happened to show up at that time. Weird perch, huh? Hmm. But, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, they bust in, uh, you know, and so Detective Pokes is hide out uh, Gondorf. Um, he's like, hey, Henry, um, he said, hey, Hooker, you've done your job. You can go. And Gondorf's just face goes pale white. And, you know, he doesn't say it, but he's like, you motherfucker. You know? So, yeah, and then Hooker's it, leaving, and, and Gondorf shoots him right in the back. You know, yeah, so shoots him. the FBI narks out their rat and says, Thanks, Hooker. And holy smokes, now we realize that Johnny Hooker, you know, really, you know, informed and, and laid it out. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, pale face on Newman. Holy smokes, dude. He just realized, you know, he's been ratted out by the feds and uh, and he shoots. Yeah. Kills Johnny Hooker, shoots him, boom, right in the, yeah. right in the back. Right in the back. Yeah. And then Polk shoots uh, Gondorf. And then Polk ends up shooting Gondorf instantly and just takes him out. You know, he's a shooter. So, boom, yeah. both guys down. Yeah. Two main characters. Yeah. And then they roll credits in the end of the movie. Oh, wait, Perch. It wasn't the end of the movie. Snyder oh. gets Lonergan out there as quick as he can, as he was instructed, like a good cop, get him out of there. So they're booking it. Lonergan's like, put my 500 grand. And then like, two dead like, bodies in there. Two dead bodies in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, we got to get out of here. So those two go booking it as fast as they can. Yeah. Down the alley. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they leave. And then Polka walks up to check up Hooker's body. He's like, they're gone. And all of a sudden, you see this big shit-eating grin. Oh, it was so worth it. Newman stands up. Redford stands up. They oh. were 
faking it. It was a squib gun with a blood packet. <laughs> yep. Oh, so brilliant. And, and they're their asses off as, as I was too when I first saw it. Oh, you know, and uh, we find out that Sergeant or Detective Polk, detective, is in on the whole thing. On it the whole time. He worked everyone. Yeah. Um, and this must, and I am still kicking myself. So when I re, I watched this list about 10 years ago for the first time and I kind of forgot what happened. So Faith and I were watching it and I'd fallen asleep and I woke up just as this part happened. So totally spoiled. It's like, ah, but dude, I mean, it was this, this was worth it. I mean, this was, um, I mean, they weren't working just Lonigan, they were working us. Oh, they worked us the whole time. We didn't know who was in on it. We didn't know if Johnny Hooker was really talking to the feds. We thought the feds were real the whole time, too. Um, you know, it, it played such a role. And then you realize the two guys that they were, you know, working was Schneider and Lonergan. Yeah. Straight up. The two guys. But it took both of them. So they had a plan B when Schneider came into the bar, realizing we got to get this guy. And they stuck to their same plan. We got to work them without them knowing it's a work afterwards. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's two dead bodies in there. (laughs) Oh, so good. And then, you know, I mean, so Newman putting on his his, his best Newman pose. And then Hooker gets up and he's laughing. And he's like, well, kid, was that enough? He's like, you were right. It wasn't enough. But then he chuckles. But it was close. And they have (laughs) their little moment. So, you know. He's like, aren't you going to stick around for your cut? And Hooker's like, nah, I just blow it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I I love it. And then those two just walk off into the sunset. So Uh, they got away in this one. Yeah. Like the, uh, well, we're not going to say the end of Butch (laughs) Cassidy. (laughs) Yeah. It was a, it was a happier ending than previous movies, but dude, this, this was so brilliant. Um, You know, it it was just a a work on, on so many different levels. Um, Mm. It was a such a well-told story and such great acting and directing. Um, you know, it was a like a, a magic trick. You know, it was similar to, to like a pro wrestling. We see a yeah. pro wrestling show meant to have a certain, you know, elicit a certain response from the crowd. Um, this movie took us in certain directions to elicit certain responses because the payoff at the end was worth it. And yeah. it was such a roller coaster ride. Um, I mean, I found a lot of similarities. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. I mean, obviously, we're both huge wrestling fans, but I mean, you get invested, and you get invested in these characters, and you get invested in the story. And when it pay, I mean, when that happens, like initially, you're shocked, you're mad, you're sad. You know, it's like you know he betrayed his friend, his mentor, his mentor mm-hmm. kills him. You know, then he dies and you're like, your world's torn apart because you're so invested. That's why this isn't just your typical heist movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's not your bang, shoot them up, blah, blah, you know, it, they really got you invested in all the characters. And um, they worked us, Perch. They worked us till the very end. Yeah. yeah, they worked us the entire time. That movie had such a good payoff to it. 
Yeah. And it was, it was so well paced. It was so well written. Um, I can see why it won some, and it wasn't your typical kind of movie to win an Oscar, you know, up to that point. Um, you know, so I, hopefully people that saw it in the movie theater, obviously you didn't have Twitter to spoil things, but hopefully people, you know, were, were good sports and didn't ruin it for people. Um, yeah. Cause it was a great ending, you know? Yeah. Phenomenal. That's one of the favorite things that I love about going back and watching older movies um, is throughout so many times it's whether I've seen it through pop culture or, you know, references here or there, you know, some of the story is built into my mind. However, no one's talking about these movies nowadays. So I get to watch it. Where no one spoils these things. It's wonderful. And realize how much art and, and, you know, strategy goes into making those old time movies and the, the payoffs. There's so much more to it. Uh, the craft of those movies um, are wonderful. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just brilliant. And like I said, I'm, I'm so, I mean, obviously, Perch, I'm thankful for you for going on this ride with me, but I'm so glad we picked this. Um, I really forgot what a gem of this fucking movie was. Yeah, such a fun one. A great one to talk about on, yeah. on any. And just the, the acting and, and some of the lines alone, um, you know, the, the delivery of them was yeah. the, I think, favorite lines throughout was the uh, Newman smoking the stogie. The, you owe me 15 grand, pal. <laughs> <laughs> You better not welch. I'll tell everybody you welch. And you better not welch. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and let's face facts, Perch. I mean, this, this movie's going to be 50 years old next year. And me and you are still talking about it. It still hits home it, today. It holds up so well. Um, yeah. You know, and you it's know. a movie about 1936. I mean, neither of us were alive in 1936. Um, it's hard to imagine my dad was even alive in 1936 because he went to high school with Moses, um, you know, but we still relate. It just shows the brilliance of the movie. Yeah, still relatable. And uh, and even as relatable as, you know, working in Juliet in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> uh, very relatable locations. And uh, and to understand that stuff was going on in the 30s, uh, you know, we're almost going on a hundred years from when the story <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nine, yeah, 90 you years yeah ago. no juliet's uh but, but place for sure. yeah and uh it's just a cool cool setting i, I definitely uh, love the movie love the setting and uh and hard to believe 50 years and that story is just as good now yeah. i imagine as it back then yeah, it was just, I mean, you know, and obviously we're both, I mean, well, and obviously Newman and and uh, Redford were money, but I mean, um, Robert Shaw is Lonigan. Um, I can't remember the guy that played Swift, but him and, you know, and Rob, uh, Ray Walston were, I mean, the big characters. Um, you know, the guy with the twill suit, that was awesome. Uh, the guy, that, you know, and then Hooker's partner in the beginning, he was great, you know, and how he developed. You know, like like you said at the beginning, he was a little shy. He wasn't used to these big cons and stuff like that. But he obviously played a huge, huge role um, yeah. as the movie goes on. Uh, from from when he got beat up in the alleyway, or uh, I guess Johnny Hooker got beat up, and and yeah. you know Schneider says, you know, I'll bill you later, kid. And then 
well, sure enough, the, the night that they're getting the sheet and getting the boys, you know, he goes into the, the bar, Schneider comes in and beats the hell out of him. He did yeah. get him later. And yeah. then, you know, he's walking in and trying to get a part in the role of the, the big con. He's got a big black eye and, and yep. a big a busted up nose. And, you know, Kid Swift sees him and says, hey, you got guts, kid. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And he talks yeah. to the man with the tilt suit. And he's like, you know, I was shy when I first started. Here, put some makeup on your nose. <laughs> <laughs> and we you get know, this break out of his shell. It's like a, a great story. Yeah, it was just, I mean, you know, even the bit roles, you know, um, was Elaine Brennan or whatever her name is, um, you know, God yeah, works better half. Good. Uh, she runs the place, too. She runs the the bar and the, the house and the... Um, she just plays it so confidently yeah. and she had the initial run-in with Lonergan being the pickpocket yep. such a big role yeah you know and then you know obviously uh well Schneider's character the guy who played Schneider played him perfectly mm-hmm. you know um, oh. obviously Robert Shaw and the brilliance of just working with that limp you know like we talked about earlier that was not planned you know mm-hmm. he had broken his leg he's like dude I'm sorry if you want to replace me and they tested it out, but it just really made um, Lonigan's character so ominous. Oh, yeah. Another All the way down to his, the way he delivers his lines to yeah. the way he says, you follow. Yeah. I'm going to re-watch, I'm gonna have to rewatch Jaws because now I'm like, God, he was so good. Yeah, um, Jaws and From Russia with Love were the two movies that I okay. you know, know from. And I'll always put the sting in there now, too, as three amazing movies that feature in Robert Shaw and yeah. so different in each one of those roles. <laughs> yeah. So different in each one. Um, and like I said, I mean, you could see why this movie, you know, on the outside, you look at it like, why did this movie win Oscars? I mean, you could see that. I mean, obviously the music was amazing. Um, obviously, I mean, you hear the entertainer. I know obviously it was 30 years before the movie was set, but you still think of the sting. You know, mm. you hear that song today and, uh, you know, the cinematography. And I mean, there's no CGI in this movie. I mean, these are all real life shots, real life sets, you know, so. And they really used, I don't know if this was, you know, a, a cutting edge at the time or not or what, but um, they used a few zoom in shots. Yeah. Um, remember when they looked at, at Luther, you know, uh, Hooker was, was in Luther's room as he got thrown out the window and he's, uh, you know, seeing his room, they do a camera shot where they, you know, show Hooker in the doorway and, a, you know, a fast zoom in and you see oh. the expression his face. And then uh, another time they did it was in the, the card game when uh, when Lonergan lays down his four nines and then realize, well, it's better hand than we saw last on, on you know, Newman. And he lays down four jacks in the way that camera you know, zooms from out and it really fast zooms in to yeah. really paint the emphasis in there. Um, you know, I, you mentioned no CGI. I, I love all the old tricks that they do in movies and yeah. I'm sure that was some sort of a trick or it was meant to, you know, get us to, to think a certain way. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. They have to do so much different um, tricks to, to cameras. Yeah. I love and I love the brilliance uh, of some movies, not to be all Mr. Fancy Pants or anything. I've never directed a movie or anything, but like, I mean, with this movie, 
obviously there's a lot of 70s camera style shots and things like that but a lot of those were i mean were also from the time period like the you know some of the camera shots or some of the ways things were set up were 30 styles movies you know when you get movies like that like i did a review with my buddy josh uh for the movie carlito's way you know and that takes place in the 70s filmed in the 90s but it's a very 70s filmed movie you know when you can get a director that's that due to detail that you know this movie is taking place then but you're filming it you know now but it's you know, and George Roy Hill did a great job of that. So, yeah, next level attention to detail. Yeah, you know, like I talked about, less. Yeah, just filling an empty apartment you're not even going to see, which is empty nail um, nail polish bottles and empty glasses in the sink, and just it's fucking brilliant, Perch. I mean, this I, this was this is a fun ride. I knew this movie was good, but watching it like this was made me even appreciate even that much more. So thanks yeah. for, for going on this ride with me. So, Oh yeah. It's, I'm going back to that blizzard night that, uh, <laughs> that you, you gave us a ride. Yeah. From Minnesota all the way down and into that, that blue mountain parking lot. And yeah, it, our cars were filled with snow all the way up to the hoods. Um, yeah. You know, mentioning Paul Newman that night, uh, you opened the door to me to amazing movies and acting and in uh, just a library of yeah. phenomenal actor. And this movie is right there with, you know, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to do Cool and Luke with a friend of mine, but uh, is there any, any other Newman movies you want to do? And so have you seen, so you, had, you haven't seen Towering Inferno or you have? No, I haven't seen Tower Inferno yet. That's one that I've, I've got to see. Okay, um. It might be well. We'll talk about that in post production, but yeah, we should do that one probably sometime this fall. Hell yeah, um, that's it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, it's it's got Steve McQueen in it. It's got Fred Astaire. It's so good, and I'm a diehard Mark, and it's like a diehard before diehard. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then a couple of quick facts. Um, I had some stuff written down, but um, one thing I thought was pretty funny. So both Newman and Redford uh, got paid five hundred thousand uh, dollars for this movie which I don't know if it was record-breaking, but it was pretty close uh, for the time. You know, so nowadays that's roughly probably about three, $4 million a piece, which doesn't sound like much. Um, but they both are, no Newman at least had something like, um, he got paid $500,000 up front, but he also had like, because this broke all kinds of sales records. Um, it's still like 30, like um, adjusted for inflation. I think it's like in the top 30 of the most, like the highest grossing movies ever. Um, wow. Newman had something in his contract um, where he got paid on the back end too. Um, but and he had moved from California to somewhere else, but California was trying to get him on back taxes for the residual money. So he took the IRS to court and won. He saved himself like $40,000. So, oh, wow. yeah, there's some convoluted story, but um, yeah, and like in post production, I'll probably go over some of the fun facts. But dude, yeah, th- this was this is a lot of fun. This is a great movie. Yeah, Tom. Thank you for uh, for the old, you know, review and and going over it. Um, just an awesome one to dissect and to take in. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, um, I might just have to to rewatch this in in general. So, um, well, Perch, before we we pull the train to the station, you wanna you wanna tell the high fivers how to get a hold of you? I mean, obviously, I'll I'll tag you when this comes out and everything. But oh yeah, guys, uh, you can find me at Perch. XLV uh, pound sign for the ref brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, wrestling. 
Yeah. Uh, hashtag celebrate pro wrestling. Uh, just a big celebration of, uh, of everything that we love. Pro wrestling, uh, photography, film, video, um, anything, anything and anything. Um, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, celebrate by, you know, attending local independent shows if you can and, uh, and cheer loud and, and boo just as loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I mean, Perks is obviously, I'm mean, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's also a fantastic rep, but there's just more to Perks than just wrestling. So hopefully we showcase that here, you know, so, which was really the, the purpose of all this in the end. So yeah, Perks, this was so much fun, my friend. I, I can't thank you enough. So. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and anytime uh, talking about good actors, good movies, uh, that's stuff that I absolutely love. I get a lot of good inspiration from watching uh, the good yeah. actors and old movies. Yeah. So if you see a, uh, you see a uh, high five Tom perching your show and you see us doing the old nose thing, you'll know what we're doing. So, <laughs> so, all right, Perch, my friend, it was so, uh, you have a great weekend and I got a big weekend coming up, but I appreciate, you know, I will talk to you soon. Oh, absolutely, Tom. Much love to you. Can't wait to see you next. You will. All right, dude. Hi, We just got a tip that Gandalf's mark is some big New York wheel. As soon as we're inside, you get him out of there fast, before the reporters show up. I don't want any big shots around to mess this up for you. All right, let's go. seem good but aren't these guys will buy our house without even seeing it online buyers make offers Second. They were all. 
Hoffman, 21. Last call on the third at Riverside Park. They're at the post. And Harvey DeGraw, the winner, light chatter, paid uh, 540, 380, and 240. Black Sod, $500,000 to win. Lucky Dan, third race at Riverside. Post time for the third. You heard me. Hold on, sir. Oh, there's a jockey chain. Get the manager. Jay Stout will ride flying cross. And Spratt. See that guy up there? He's got a half million dollars on Lucky Dan. The winner at Rockingham Park, Enfin, paid 610, 430, and 250. What's your problem? I'll put a half a million dollars on Lucky Down to win third race at Riverside. Can't leave that off in time. Bet like that could break us. Not only are you a cheat, you're a gutless cheat as well. Where are the odds? Four to one. Take all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Arnold Rowe calling the third race at Riverside Park in Kansas City. This is a claiming race for $1,500 for three-year-olds and up. It's been raining and the track is muddy. The flag is up and uh, they're off and running. Dr. Twink is going to the front, followed by Lucky Dan, I'm a Dreamer, Orkin, Josie G, Chi Chi, and Little Star. Around the clubhouse turn, it's Lucky Dan ahead. Dr. Twinkle-Link, Ork and a half, followed by I'm a Dreamer, Josie G, Chi-Chi, and Little Star. Into the back stretch, it's Lucky Dan and Link. Dr. Twinkle half, Ork and a head. I'm a Dreamer by one, followed by Sorry, Josie G, Chi-Chi, and Everything going all right? Around the curve, nothing to worry Dan about. Ahead. Dr. Twinkle-Link, Ork and a half, followed by I'm a Dreamer, Josie G, Half a million dollars to win. Into the bar turn, it's Lucky Dan, still a link. Dr. Twinkle next. Please, please, I'm lucky. Into the I'm a dreamer a half. Dr. Twinkle half and walking by two. Followed by Little Star and Josie G. And it's a driving finish. It's been a mistake. Give me my money back. No, I'm sorry. I tell you, it's been a mistake. Give me my money back. All right, everybody, FBI. Don't anybody try to leave. Stand on your feet, put your hands over your head, and go nice and slow.
too. You can't get mixed up in that.